Welcome everybody back to the Game Ball Podcast. I am your host, Mark. And with me as always is uh as of right now, number one gamer dad Tom. And seething on the inside angry Jen, which we'll find out about a little bit later. Uh, Hello there. <laughs> but first, what have you guys been playing? Yeah, who wants Jen, to start? Well, actually, I'll, I'll go. go first because okay. I haven't played anything, so I'll just get it out of the way. There we go. Uh I've still just been goofing off with my my new graphics card because I don't have enough time to play a full game. So I like load up a game for five minutes, see how it runs, turn it off. <laughs> I've been messing around with Destiny 2 a little bit, but that's pretty much it. Just because Destiny 2 just had a whole bunch of stuff drop and Jonathan was talking about it and he's super into it. So I might try like when I'm, you know, when I have five minutes to do something. But other than that, yeah, that's been pretty much it. Cool. Yeah. So uh, expounding off that a little bit. Uh, so um, I'll get in deeper to the game, but I just realized that I didn't use one of my emulators since I updated my graphics card. And so far it has made a huge difference on the emulator for some odd reason um, in terms of it crashing. So I don't know what that means, but um, yeah, yeah. Going to a 3060 um has allowed the ps3 emulator to run a lot better than oh, it yeah. was yeah that'll run way better than on the 1660 not, that, not it's not that a 1660 super is bad but a 3060 yeah. is like light years ahead of it yeah i know so it's like oh everything's loading quicker and and it's not freezing awesome nice <laughs> so jen uh what have you been up to as we approach spooky season here so I've been playing less than what I usually talk about, but there's some good stuff happening with my usuals. So okay. I guess starting out with Dead by Daylight, um, they have announced something that is shooken up the community a bit. Mm. They're basically making some changes and adding things to the Survivor and Killers base kits. So um, basically they are taking a perk called Unbreakable, which... Um, one of the survivors bill comes with it and you could unlock it for your other survivors eventually. But unbreakable allows you to pick yourself up after you self heal while you're downed by the killer. So basically it's for when you're slugged, which is when the killer knocks you down and you're bleeding out on the ground and they run away to try to get the rest of your team or they're okay. using you as bait kind of thing. So unbreakable happens once a match and it triggers after about probably 30 to 40 seconds. I've never really timed it. But you can get up on your own without someone else coming to get you and you can try to run away. So I, I really like that perk. I've used it several times for that reason and it's helped me out for the most part. So they've announced that they're actually going to be adding that perk as um, as a basic ability for all survivors going forward. Nice. Um, yeah. So they think that it's going to help combat um, not only slugging, which is pretty frustrating, but also um, wasting time in the end game, basically like they want killers to just pick this survivor up and hook them and move on instead of, you know, creating frustration on the survivor's end. Well, not, not on my end, Jen. <laughs> not on your end. And that, then that, that gate opens and the uh, killer standing over her body. I'm like, fuck this. I'm out of here. <laughs> That's true. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the killers, they are adding um, a kind of a base kit Mori in a sense. So for anyone that doesn't know what a Mori is, uh, you could bring in an offering called a Mori and it comes in different colors. So one color is that you get to 
kill the last survivor who's left on the map. So they have to be the last one before they can leave. It's kind of hard to do that one. Um, and they also have to have been hooked two times already. So they're on death hook. You can have another one where you can hook anybody as long as they've been hooked two times. And then you have one where you can hook, um, oh, I'm sorry, that was the better one. And then the other one was just like, you could only you could only moor one person, but it didn't have to be that they were the last one. That's what it was. So basically they're adding, they're adding a Mori of sorts to the killer base kit where if you've downed and killed everyone, all the survivors or three out of the four survivors have left or they're all bleeding out on the ground again, you can pick up the last survivor after you down them and the game instantly transforms it into a Mori, which is them dying. Okay. So you never get to give the last survivor the hatch. You never get to hook them. They don't get a chance to get away, like, you know, with teamwork, that kind of stuff. So they're kind of doing both of those changes. And a lot of people, I would say more so on the killer's end, are very unhappy because they're saying that it's not right. Like, they should be able to play however they want. If they want to slug people, then that's, you know, they're right. If they want to stand over someone and waste five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes slugging the whole team. Like that's, that's what they want to do. And then you have the people who are like, well, what about me? I'm a nice killer. I like to give the last survivor a hatch or, you know, I like to do slug races where you line them all up at the exit and let them race each other crawling out, which I personally have done. Um, so people are unhappy, I think for the most part, again, on the killer side, but uh, the PTB, which is the player test build that's currently open right now for PC players. So if you're listening and you haven't tried it yet, you can go and try it out on the PTB and see what you think. Um, oh, have they I, have they gotten rid of Noed yet? No, they have not gotten rid of Noed. <laughs> so yeah, I that's mean the main, that's the main reason why I'm like fuck at peace when the door opens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, Noed's Noed sucks, but yeah. there's ways to combat it too. It's just yeah, I don't know when the door opens. Well, the thing is with Noed, if you cleanse all of the totems on the map, okay. they'll never get to activate that by the time that the game is over. But okay, so we just got to cleanse our totem the whole time. Got it. Exactly. Yep. Stay <laughs> so, yeah, on that totem. That's what's going on with Dead by Daylight. Um, Phasmo had a brand new update, and it's absolutely amazing. We have so much new stuff. I don't even want to talk about it all because it'll take me too long. But they changed, and they made... Um, most ghosts more aggressive or gave them more specific abilities. Um, they changed the home base. It's now completely different. They changed the item inventory system. It's a lot more user-friendly now. They changed the way that you can select maps. Everyone who is in the same lobby can vote on a map and whatever map wins, that's where you go sort of thing. I don't know if the leader still has the last decision or not. Like, I don't know if the voting is just to show you what people want to play. If you're not on comms with them, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, they have all these little things that they added. It looks great. They also gave you some nice little hints on... They basically have all the inventory lined up in the back left corner of the room. And you can see empty spots where they're clearly going to bring in new equipment at some point. So that's that's pretty cool. And then they they put in these display shelves because they're going to be doing some kind of um, achievements where if you do X amount of things, you earn an achievement and that gets you a trophy and you could put it in your display case in the base. So it's cool. Stuff like that. Um, 
You also have custom difficulty now. So going into a game, you can decide to totally customize how hard the game is going to be. Um, so you can make the ghosts 200% faster and you 50% slower. I don't know why you'd want to do that. <laughs> but you could do all kinds of things. And the harder you make it for yourself, the more experience and money that you make. Or if you want to make it easier, you can actually go all the way down to no experience if you basically want to make the ghost Casper and just walk around the map. <laughs> like you could do that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I usually do challenge runs in Phasmo. So I thought that was a great way for people to get creative with challenges. You know, you can literally set the game. So if you're like, okay, we're not allowed to use flashlights this game as a challenge, you can you can go into the game and already have flashlights turned off as the setting. So I thought that was cool. Um, and this is just the start of a ton of changes that they're planning on doing. So I am very excited. And the whole leveling system now with the custom difficulty made me even more excited for everyone's levels to be wiped because you earn experience so much faster now if you give yourself a challenge. So I feel like I, I wanted to like go back to zero so I could see how fast I could level back up to where I am now. Yeah, so with, with all these changes, most importantly, Jen, mm -hmm. did they make the game fun? They made it, I think you meant more fun. So yes, they made it more fun. Uh, we got to get you back in, Mark. I, I was just sitting here waiting. I'm like, all right, there, you know, let it go. Let's see how much more they have to add before jumping in. Oh, yeah, there's a lot more. So you could bring that back if you want next time I update. <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. Uh, it's, it's just a bit for those out there to hate me, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm used to it at this point. Um, yeah, so um, how's VHS going? VHS is great. Um, they are coming out with Halloween stuff soon. I don't, I don't remember if they set a specific date for their Halloween stuff, but they're coming out with cosmetics. Um, some kind of event I'm sure is going to happen. And the most exciting thing to me and should be to anyone that hasn't even played yet, they're coming out with uh, custom play where you can, or local play, I should say, where you can play with your friends. You can make custom lobbies. Um, so, like, kill your friends, essentially. Kill your friends, yep. So I think that's great because I've noticed that there's a lot of people who, especially back in the beginning when there was a lot less monster players, there were there were a lot of people who would log in to play monster thinking it was going to be like Killer and Dead by Daylight and realize how much different it is and how much, I think it's a steeper learning curve, honestly, to learn how to play monster than it is to play Killer. Um, and then they would be like, oh, like, F this, I'm out. This is this is dumb. This sucks. This is too hard. And I would tell people like, no, it's hard. But once you get there, it's worth it because going up against a really good monster is like really, really fun for a survivor or for a teen, but also almost impossible to win sometimes. But um, I feel like custom lobbies, you can go in with your friends and you don't have that insane amount of pressure on you when you're going up against randoms. And, you know, most of the times your friends should be understanding enough to let you learn what you're doing as a new player on either end, either as a teen or a monster. So I feel like the custom lobbies is going to be important to bring in new players because um, they have a tutorial, but it doesn't get as in-depth and realistic as an yeah. actual game situation. I, so I, I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, it's also a nice way to like, you know, the, the load times sometimes are really are a bit too long to be a streamer or to be streaming. And if you're not a monster player like me, I'm not really a monster player. So maybe we could swap back and forth to do custom lobbies with people. Um, yeah. I, 
I don't know. I just I just hope that it doesn't make the queues even longer because more people are playing customs. But they they didn't want to, I think, release the custom lobbies in the beginning until they felt like they were in a pretty good spot with how many people play. So I guess they're feeling good about it if they're, you know, going to be doing the custom lobbies. So we'll have to see how that goes. But I am very excited for that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And you guys should play. That's all so, I have to say about that. So what else do we have? Um, seven Ways to Die. Or whatever yep. it's called. Seven days to die. Seven days to die, you're close. Yes. There are many more ways than seven in that game to die. <laughs> I mean, now um, I want to make a game that you can only die in seven ways. <laughs> and you have to figure out all seven ways, right. or you're just yeah. stuck forever alive. Yeah, let's do it. Dang. Let's let's, let's quit this podcast going. and let's <laughs> let's let's make a game. Tom's Hi, got Tom. all the time in the world. He's off. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh all Tom can test it when we're done. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, seven days to die is good. I just built a four by four with my bare hands. Nice. Mm -hmm. Very impressive. I tainted it pink and it is crazy on gas nice. and really loud and has spikes in front, which is fun. You can knock over the zombies. I don't know. It's been fun. We're just grinding. Um, yeah. we're trying to build up our base because every seven days the horde comes and they are attracted to your players wherever you are. So you're screwed if you don't have a good location when it happens. It happens at like 10 o'clock at night or something. Um, so the zombies will go to your base and they'll attack the weakest point and they won't stop coming until they destroy all your stuff and they kill you essentially. So we've been building up our base and like leveling up the walls and everything. So that's been fun, but it's, it's just a bit of a grind, but it's, it's a good grind. Yeah. I saw you and death playing like sort of crowd control type deal with it. Um, that might have been one of the seven days, honestly. Uh, there yeah. was one point where we found a fire station and we got meant, up to the roof. What I meant by crowd control was that the chat um, can give you stuff or make things happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have Twitch integration. So if we turn on while we're streaming, if we turn that on, then yeah, people can buy. You earn, um, I forget what they call it. It's basically points for watching the stream. And then the more points you get, you can cash them in for either things to help us like um, medical supplies or ammo, or you could send zombies to kill us, which everyone seems to love yeah. the most. Sorry for the yeah. terminology. Crowd oh, no, controls no. a uh, uh, link to the past randomizer thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were talking about how death and I were on top of the building, shooting all the zombies. Like uh, I just saw control. the one where you guys were just standing in the stream and all of a sudden a whole bunch of zombies showed up out of nowhere. And I'm yeah. pretty sure it's because somebody used Twitch integration. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every so often, there's a big vote that will happen for the chat, and they can vote like if it's a bad if it's a bad thing that they're voting for. It could be like, what kind of horde would you like to send towards them? And it's like these zombies, these zombies, or these zombies. So that's probably what it was. But I think people enjoy being able to interact with your game a lot. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, and then the last thing I've been playing, which might surprise you guys if you haven't been paying attention on Switch, I've been back into Animal Crossing. Oh. Yeah. Something to calm the mind. Yep. So my <laughs> friend Liz, who's a streamer, um, her name is look underscore a underscore Lizart. She's she's been streaming Animal Crossing during the day. While I'm at lunch on my break, I'll be watching her stream. And I'm like, man, I haven't played this in so long. I kind of miss it. So I booted it up and I'm like, damn it. Now I'm I'm like back into it. How much so, did you have to weed? Um, no, well, actually I'm lying. There there is a lot of weeds, but I don't really care about it as much. So I just let them do their thing. Um, in town, though, there really weren't many weeds. 
I don't know if it's because I have paths everywhere. So it kind of, they don't really have many places to grow. But um, in like the unsettled areas of my, of my island, the weeds are abundant. <laughs> have you thought of picking up the Disney game? I have. Um, I have. I have a few friends that stream that I have seen bits and pieces of gameplay. The whole character customization, if you know me, that has already grabbed me. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to decide whether, number one, I have the time to devote to it. And number two, if it's really something that I'm going to stick with or if it's something that I'm going to get and be like, uh, this was really only fun because I got to make myself as a character. And now I don't I don't really want to do it, but I yeah. feel like I'm going to get it. I'm just trying to observe. Yeah, it definitely seems like the longevity is for Disney adults. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially prior Kingdom Hearts fans. I feel like this is a big opportunity for those people to play something. It's not extremely similar, but it, you know, it's in that vein, I would say. Um, yeah, but definitely well, if you like Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley and Kingdom Hearts, this is literally a game made for you. <laughs> literally. Uh, you got anything else? That's it. it. All right. So for me, um, as I spoiled earlier, I've been uh, with college football season uh, abound. I've been back into playing NCAA 14 um, as I await for the new one to come out. I guess it's going to be next year or the year after um, from EA. Um, and as I mentioned, the, the 3060 is the game used to crash every so often, um, like either at startup or at some point in the game. And it's been smooth as butter um, since with the new graphics card. So, um, yeah, I want to check out and see if I could play. Because um, uh, Madden 25 on there was like a mess. Like, all of a sudden, like, half the uh, players would disappear. Um, I mean, Madden 25 was a mess to begin with, so yeah. it didn't help. Yes. <laughs> um, unfortunately, that's the only one that matches up with NCAA team where you can load the rosters in um, from, from the uh, graduating class. Uh, so yeah, I'm interesting because that was the weirdest bug. Like they would still be there, but not there um, in the game. Like you'd all of a sudden have like three offensive linemen um, on the field. But um, yeah, so I, I played a good bit of that. Um, got to the point where I had to start doing the. All right, I got to go to my computer. I got to load up the playoff. You know, switch the save files out. Put it back in. Make sure you don't sim too many games because then it won't work. Um, but yeah, I can't wait for the new one to come out so I don't have to do that bullshit anymore. Um, but yeah, having fun. Um, getting confused when it goes, oh, the 2020 season. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. This game is came out in 14. So we would be approaching the 2020 season at this point. Um, yeah, you forget how old these games are. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It was just like, oh, yeah, that's right. Five years into this would be 2019. Okay. Um, yeah, so I've been playing through that. Um, the uh, two main things I've been playing, um, I played a little bit more of, of Last of Us. Um, so I got a little bit further in that. Um, still, like, had the urge to get the part one upgrade, but not really. I might wait for a sale um, just because I do have the remaster and it's at least scratching enough of the itch um, until the show comes out, which, by the way, the trailer looks amazing. Um, for that and for those of us last of us geeks pointing out things going oh shit they're going to show that oh they're doing that that's from this um was pretty fun um i guess it's the same as people that like read the books before lord of the rings and uh um the other show uh game of thrones uh came out 
Um, so, yeah, I've been I've been playing through that. Um, that story still gets you. The emo- the emotional stuff is real good. Um, um, I think I mentioned in the last podcast about getting a, a thousand Xbox points in immortality. Um, but yeah, so I gotta reset that save so that we have it ready for extra life. Um, so we can at least do just a little bit of it so Anne can see the the video, um, the different ways they shoot the movies and and stuff. It's pretty much for for a video geek. It's pretty it's pretty fun how they um, work with that stuff. Uh, but the big thing I've been playing, um, for some odd reason, I just decided, you know what? I haven't finished Yakuza 7 like a dragon yet. So I picked that game back up um, and played it for an entire Sunday. Um, so got a little bit further in the story um, where you're starting to, um, you know, see uh, a little bit more where it's going, but still got some of those weird uh, Yakuza moments. Um like my favorite one so far is that they they go into this brothel and there's like this back room and the girl comes out screaming and you know and they go and confront the guy and it's like what were you doing back there and names all the terrible things you could be doing and he's like no he tried to lick my armpit <laughs> and even the character is like well uh I I guess that's awful <laughs> like just <laughs> confused. But that's the Yakuza writing for you. Like sometimes they just hit you out of left field with like something you were not expecting. Um, and this one's even more on the comedic side. Um, so it's it's still growing on me again. But the uh, main thing I played a lot of, they always have some kind of business game um, in it. Yakuza Zero has the hostess. You you own a hostess bar and run it. Um, so you gotta you know hire girls and then you put them through. Um, makeovers to make them more attractive for to make more money. It's a little disgusting, but it, it they kind of do it in a funny way. Um, uh, in that the entire time you're doing like a makeover thing, they're they're playing like a montage, like from a from a movie, like this really like um, really uh, I for, you have to listen to it to get it, but it's like they do it to not make it seem as creepy. So you have that one, and then. Um, I think Yakuza, the original, is like a construction company or something like that um, that you do. But for this one, you're um, running a couple stores um, in the area, um, like a um, a confectionery, which I think is just a bakery. Um, and yeah, 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 that sounds like a like a cake place. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just just I don't I haven't seen anything else. Is this bakery? Um, and then you can buy other buildings and have other businesses. Like the second one I have now is like a laundromat, um, that I run, but it's sort of like, uh, the fun thing, you just find people and it's sort of like an RPG in that, you know, you have rares and, and, you know, people that level up quicker and have higher stats and then you gotta miss, you know, min max it. So you're making the most money and, uh, it's a ranking system. And then they have this thing where you, um, take questions from a boardroom and it's sort of like an RPG where you got to um, uh, sort of uh, answer their questions to break their shields. And then you hit them back with a counter argument and knocks them out. Um, you know, so it's a fun little mini game. Um, I'm liking it so far. Um, I played a lot more of the um, little side things they have um, like a part-time hero where you just go around and, uh, um, you know, solve, uh, little things that are going on and help people out. And then um, checked out the uh, track racing thing that I mentioned to you before, uh, Tom, that's in there. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, that game's real fun. Um, jumping on that. Um, and then the the thing I played a lot of, but um, I'm going to wait until it fully comes out to give my full um, review, is I did play the um, Modern Warfare 2 beta for Call of Duty, since I am now a COD bro. Um, <laughs> and pleasant uh, surprise to both me and um, definitely, as I thanked him on Facebook Messenger, our my sensei, Jonathan, um, uh, I, with a bunch of people that are definitely hardcore Call of Duty people, I was holding my own at like a 0. 0.5.6 KD. Um, Not bad. It's good for me. <laughs> um, then I realized how much good I was, how good I was doing at Vanguard because I checked my stat there and somehow I was a 0.89. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I, didn't, I haven't checked this stat in like six months. Um, and then I sent you guys a couple photos of me for the first time being like the team leader in kills. And, you know, having ridiculous um, KDs. But, yeah, so I'm excited for that to come out just because, um, one, uh, the Team Deathmatch seems pretty good. But there's also a new mode um, called Invasion where it's I think it's 20 on 20 and it's a mixture. And there's some, like, AI people that are on both sides. And it's just this big clusterfuck of a, of a thing where you're trying to, you know, um, basically get as many points as possible. I think there's stuff for... Uh, destroying things at their base, but I've never really gotten close enough to a base to see what that is. Um, and those point totals go up to like, I think it's like 1700, um, but it goes by really fast um, just because there's 20 on 20. Um, but yeah, so, so far what I played in the beta is real good. Um, it's much better in terms of um, smoothness and, and gunplay as um, the, uh, the original Modern Warfare was and definitely a little bit of an upgrade over Vanguard. Um, but I am an LMG guy, Tom. Um, uh -oh. in those Good, games. Man. Good uh, man. So uh, I figured out that's the... I, I was sniping people at like ridiculous distance in Vanguard with an LMG. Um, and that was... I'll, I'll say this. It's not a skill thing. It's just somebody was shooting at me and I just aimed the LMG in that area and it would say, long shot, 48 meters. Or like whatever ridiculous length is. I think 48 is pretty ridiculous. but. Um, yeah, yeah. So the LMG has been my friend. So um, that's mainly what I've been playing. Just waiting for um, God of War uh, to come out. Um, FIFA came out this week. Um, I'm going to touch that over the weekend. And um, yeah, and then Call of Duty. So I am looking forward to things coming out um, pretty soon. Um, yeah, uh, I think that's it. I'm trying to think. I, yeah, I don't think I've played anything else um, since last week. But uh, yeah. Uh, I think we've held off long enough. Um, let's get into the news, which will end with a very um, thoughtful discussion. And then we jump into our topic, which will be very spicy. Uh, mm -hmm. So, Jen, I'll hand it over to you. Okay. So, first up, Outriders developer People Can Fly have announced that they will no longer be working with Take-Two, who was going to be the publisher of their upcoming game that they've codenamed Project Dagger. Um, so they announced on their website that they received a letter from Take-Two in which they confirmed the intent to terminate development and publishing agreement by means of mutual understanding between the parties. So that was a direct quote. Um, People Can Fly will be able to retain the intellectual property rights to their game, though, yeah. which is nice. Um, that also means that they may start looking for another publisher or they just might decide to publish the game themselves. 
Um, but they will still have to pay back take two for the money that they spent to fund Project Dagger. Um, details, I think, on exactly how they're supposed to go about paying them back, that won't be arranged until the game is eventually published. So I guess it depends on if they get a publisher, if they're doing it themselves, among other factors. Yeah. Um, and but I would nice imagine, to... I'm sorry, I would imagine whatever the amount turns out to be, it'll be, it's worth it to have your, your IP. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice that they still have that. So, um, but Project Dagger has been in development for about two years. Um, if anyone has not heard of it, it's currently being worked on over in the People Can Fly studio in New York. Um, but we really don't know anything about the game other than it's a new action adventure type game. Um, they really have kept it secretive, which is why they codename most of the things that they work on. So it'll be interesting to see what this is. Um, their CEO, who has a very Polish last name, and I will not pr I even attempt to pronounce it. He Bunch commented, together. it's like Wojciechowski. Wojciechowski. I mean, enough. I'm Polish, and I can't even do it. Uh, so he, what? Wojciechowski? I don't know. <laughs> It might be like Wojciechowski, Wojciechowski. I don't know. I'll send it to you guys later and you could have a go at it. <laughs> but um, he made a statement uh, basically saying that they assume that they're going to be parting on good terms with Take-Two. And he doesn't foresee any reasons why they wouldn't want to work with them again in the future on another project, which is nice to hear that it's not some kind of, you know, negative thing that caused this to happen. Um and he also said that they see a lot of potential in Project Dagger, so they're going to commit to developing the game, migrating it to to Unreal Engine 5. And for now, they're going to focus on their self-publishing strategy that they have. But he also mentioned, you know, we're not ruling out working with another publisher if we were to come across a good arrangement. So I guess they're looking, and, and if not, they'll just continue publishing on their own. Um, but it's kind of a crazy time for them. They have a lot of games in development right now. Uh, they have a Project Gemini, which is being created in partnership with Square Enix. Um, they have Project Bifrost and Project Victoria. They're self-publishing both of those. And then they have Project Red, which is in a really early concept stage of development. And then they're also working on two VR games, um, Green Hell and um, some, I think it's unknown or unnamed at the time, but it's a new project based on an existing People Can Fly game. So... I mean, they're they're basically planning on releasing one game per year after the year 2024 and continuing on. So, I mean, that's either going to be through another publisher or self-publishing. So I think it'll be interesting to see how everything goes, because this is this is a busy time for them. And they're they're down a publisher now. So I yeah, thought that was interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll believe some of that stuff when they start having names that are not project. Right. That's the um, thing. On there, I'm like, all right, sure, you're working on a lot. Got it. <laughs> now these, um, yeah, they'll feel more real at that point when we have a title. Yeah, or maybe they're just like Square Enix and they'll just drop Project and that'll be the name of the game. Yeah, yeah. So it'll just be Dagger. I'm looking <laughs> I'm looking at you, Octopath Traveler. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's a bad one. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, Tom, I had a slightly, um, I don't know if it's 100% true, but I had a slight Phoenix Down moment with Octopath Traveler. Um, what was that? I believe each of the characters' first names spells out Octopath. Does it? Somebody had said paid, that to me. I didn't even... That's how much I didn't pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to double-check that. Someone told that to me today, and it was like, if this is true. Because I know one of the names is like Harriet or something, which would be the H. 
and <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, I'm like that. That's so square. That's it is a dumb square thing to do if it's true. But yeah, yeah. So that might be why they kept the name Octopath Traveler. But yeah, it, going back to my original point, once you drop projects with a name and give me a name, then I will believe that you have things in the pipeline. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Um, not long ago, we found out that E3 was going to make a comeback as an in-person show. We talked about this a few episodes ago, I would say. Um, so they've recently announced that we have dates for next year, which I think is cool. Um, and they've also given us some in insight onto the actual structure of the event, too. Um, so as we already know, E3 of 2023 is going to be hosted by ReadPop and held at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Uh, the in-person show will run from Tuesday, June 13th of 2023 through Friday, June 16th. Um, they're also going to be implementing some digital presentations. They're going to be having like an annual press conferences by their first and third party publishers. So those are currently slated to take place a couple of days before the in-person show. So that should start around June 11th. And then similar to the way Tokyo Game Show runs, E3 are going to be offering a divided show experience. So they're going to be having separate admission days for industry professionals and then the general public. Um, That's the way it should be, honestly. Yes. So E3 Business Days, they're calling it. It's designed for the developers, the publishers, and like the press and media. That will take place from June 13th through the 15th. And then from the 15th to the 16th, they're having E3 Gamer Day, which is their general public admission. So at this point, only one day will have an overlap between the professional crowd and the general public. And that will be the 15th. I don't know if you've mentioned it um, because I was looking up the Octopath thing. Um, but that sounds very Gamescom-y, the way it's set up in terms of professional day, then public day. Um, well, yeah. that's, I mean, E3 used to not be... There used oh, yeah. to not be public at all. So the fact right. that they're splitting it up again makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, they, you know, they, they've been floundering for years. So doing something that is more geared towards the public makes sense. Yeah. Cause otherwise they're just gonna, they're just gonna die. Yeah, the, the just big, like everything else. The biggest mistake they made was trying to, and, and coming off your point was trying to make it all one event. Like the media and the public were there at the same time. And that just doesn't work um, because a lot of the things the media needs from something like E3 or Gamescom or a Tokyo Game Show um, is different than what the public wants. Um, so by splitting it up, it allows the pub, the developers and publishers to cater to the correct audience. Um, mm -hmm. Like uh, people that were not in the press had a different idea of what E3 actually was. Like they thought it was like the thing where like there was like a every game that they heard from somebody was just sitting out in a booth that anyone could play. Like they didn't know about the, until recently, they didn't know about the backstage stuff or the things in conference rooms, you know? Um, so when they opened it up to the public and they were like, Hey, wait, what the fuck is this? Um, you know, it, it, it didn't work as well and led to the um, lessening attendance. But I think Gamescom works really well and it is the biggest games show in the world. So if you're going to copy off something, that would be the one to copy off of. Right. Uh, so, and it allows, what it does is it allows you to still do the individual press conference things like they've been doing. Um, and then just having a show floor, like, like the, like PlayStation doesn't need to, like, they don't need to 
the old cadence used to be certain people were on Monday, certain people were on Tuesday, you know, somebody was on Sunday, and that was it. But now you can sort of spread it out since you don't have to do it live, you know, if you don't want to. And, you know, the pandemic has changed everything in terms of stuff like that. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they, it, if the show is basically the same on the show floor for both audiences, or if they do add things and reconfigure booths for when it turns full public at the end. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, thinking about how Reed Pop, I mean, obviously it's a very different convention because of the split, but I feel like they probably won't do too much to the, like the show floor essentially, yeah. but they might have, yeah, they might have uh, maybe more that they're adding towards the end of the week, even yeah. who knows. It'll be interesting to see how it goes, like hear reviews. And I like that they're still digital days. Um, yeah, if, I think it's fine. Yeah, if they're not going to do panels, um, they can't go towards a PAX model. Um, so, you know, it's trying to find the best of both worlds, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Um, just a quick note. Uh, they don't currently have a date for public registration. So if anyone listening is looking to jump on that, um, just, I guess, keep keep your ear open. Um, but media registration opens in December of 2022. That's as you far get, as we. You, you got that, Tom? Got it. <laughs> okay. All right. So. And, next... and update. Um, yes, the characters in Octopath Traveler spelled Octopath. Looked it up. <laughs> so. Is your, is your whole world just yes, different for you now? It's the dumbest thing and it's the most square thing ever. I just wanted to make sure we mentioned it on the podcast. I needed to look it up in case if I was wrong. Because I. <laughs> I do. I know there's one person out there that would have pointed it out immediately that we may all know. So mm -hmm. uh, I am glad that I was correct. Go on, Jen. Sorry. That's okay. Um, up next, we actually, Mark actually touched on this a little bit, but I wanted to see if you guys had further thoughts on this. And that is the Last of Us teaser trailer. Um, so as Mark said, that finally dropped, um, giving everyone kind of a little glimpse into the upcoming show, which is going to be run by HBO. Um, and again, it is inspired by the Last of Us Part One horror game. It's um, so good. <laughs> so we have Joel and Ellie, who are the main characters of the game. If you've never played, they are being portrayed by actors Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. And it's it was so very. Good. <laughs> it I, was right. so good. Before we go too far, I have to ask. Yes. What is different about this than the game? Like what? What what are you getting out of a TV show that is just basically the cutscenes of the game? You you can delve a little deeper um, into um, character backgrounds. Um, I think there's going to be some things without spoiling any of the game, um, despite it being a nine year old game at this point. Um, there's I think a couple everybody of knows that. I say I think everybody. No, no, knows no, I'm, I'm not saying major stuff. Just um, there are certain characters that are just mentioned through notes and letters and things like that that you can expand on and tell that story like um, that were pretty interesting that obviously in a video game that's focusing on two characters, you couldn't have flashbacks like that in it because um, it would confuse the hell out of the player. Um, and also since you're taking out all the combat, um, you know, you need to fill in some spaces. Um, but yeah, I think that's the main thing is that they're going to flesh it out to be, you know, I, I think they want to set it up in this one to, you know, be faithful to set up the world and all that, but have the ability to spin it off if needed um, to tell other stories in the world. So I think they got to follow it close to the game itself. Um, 
just because the game itself does a pretty damn good job of establishing the world. Um, you just have a couple um, things, but just from the things they showed in the game, uh, they're it's going to be just as powerful, um, you know, emotionally, hopefully. Um, but uh, I saw some things that I'm like, I didn't know if they would go there um, and show that, but looks like they are. Um, you know, things that we would have got upset at from people that played the game um, if it wasn't shown. But um, like my, my coworker was asking me because he's excited by the trailer, doesn't play video games. And he started asking questions. And I'm just like, every, every question he had was almost as like, you don't want me to spoil anything, right? Because he was like, so the uh, main character, that, that ki- guy and kid, are they like father-daughter? And I'm like, you don't want me to answer that question. <laughs> Just watch yeah, the show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's the one good thing it, it's doing is for people that haven't played video games or anything. There at least seems to be interested people that like movies and TV and they're asking the right questions um, that the trailer is showing. But God, that that shot of the leaning... Uh, skyscrapers in Boston in the rain. Dear God, it was so good. Yeah, I I always like to see. I, I'm always a little scared because I've been let down so hard in the past. But I'm always initially excited to see when they take a video game that I love and they turn it into a show or a movie. Um, I'm always very interested because there's something about seeing my favorite characters portrayed by real life people. And same thing with the scenery and the music and. I don't know. It just, it feels like, I don't know. It feels like your favorite book is coming to life in a way. It's just another, another version of that, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know, Tom, if you have any thoughts being someone that hasn't played the game, just like, I know you don't like horror obviously, but do you think that it looks interesting? Do you think that you would give it a shot and see where it goes or is it not for you based on the trailer? Have you seen it? It looks interesting, but I'm kind of zombied out at this point. Well, not technically zombies. It's a it's a fucking zombie. Let's be real They're here. They're the same. It's the same thing, it's a Mark. Fungus. It's the same thing. It, zombies. It is. <laughs> go ahead and tell yourself it's not, but it. People never it, died. Oh, sorry, but okay, they all. Go ahead. Anyway, um, but yeah, on top of that. Seeing how brutal the game is, I don't think the show is going to be for me. That's for sure. Um, just because of how how gory and stuff everything gets. And I'm sure they'll go over the top with that kind of stuff in the show because they'll have the budget to do that. But uh, like, I already I already know the story, so I don't really I don't want to get invested in it and then get upset at the end because of what happens. But you know, the, I don't know the. The Last of Us never just it just never really a, uh, appealed to me as a as someone who doesn't enjoy horror and someone who doesn't enjoy that type of game. It just kind of never I never click with me. And ever I I know I'm going to get shit for this because people say it's the greatest game of all time. But I it just you know it's just not for me. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. allowed yeah. here. Yeah, Jen, uh. Jen, two things. One, I am ready to cry in the first episode again if they yeah. show the opening. I they do it every time will. I play. Every time. Two. Oh, that clicker was so cute. Oh, it was see that adorable. Yeah, it was adorable. I can't wait for a little clicker plushie to come out. Oh, man. And that sound. I, I for our wrestling fans out there that listen, I marked out when the clicker sound came up because <laughs> it's so good and so distinctive. And 
yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the show. It may suck. I don't know how good Bella Ramsey is. Um, she was great in Game of Thrones. Yeah, because uh, Ashley Johnson played Ellie perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what role her and Troy have in this game. Yeah, I was going to um, ask you if you knew about that. They're uh, no. incorporating them into secret roles. No, it would be fun. It would be fun if she ends up being like uh, a flashback of Ellie's mom. You know, be interesting yeah. sort of thing. That would be an interesting thing for her. But they're still keeping that on the wraps. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah we're not gonna know, but, I don't think. But yeah, uh, yeah, just the casting is great. And a tour of his test is just mwah. <laughs> um yeah, even though I feel bad for a- Annie Worshling, who is a legitimate working actor, <laughs> that they didn't pick her to play test. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe I don't want to say too old, but you know, it was nine years ago that right. you know the game was made. So maybe they her and Pedro together just doesn't look like they would be the same age. Like I don't know the age difference there, but yeah. But then again, Anatorv is great, is is a good actor. So mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm excited if you can't tell, just because all the location shots were just magnificent. Yeah. Um I just want to see some of the CGI for some of the things that come later in Salt Lake and um things like that. So Yeah, that's uh, that's where they might lose me. I mean, I'd still watch it if it was good other than that, but I I I don't like when that sticks out like a sore thumb when you're like, "Oh yeah. man, that's so CGI." Even though you I know mean, it is. I mean, I mean they have to unless if they're going to spend a whole lot of money to get those kind of animals walking around free on a set. Like they have to do Yeah, and we can talk off air about what I'm talking about if we don't want to spoil for people. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, the yeah, it looks really good. I'm really excited. Um, like I said, I think they got the casting right. You know, Bella is the only person I don't know because I didn't watch Game of Thrones, and I will take your recommendation that she was good um, in it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you know the it's just great. Um, I don't have much more to say without just wanting to run a stream with you, Jen, and just keep rewinding the video and pointing out things with you. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, I. I agree. I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be good. I think that, like you said, the scenery in the trailer mixed with the music, it just felt like a really faithful recreation of, you know, the game. So the only thing, I mean, the main things that I'm seeing just from outside perspectives of, you know, looking at comments and stuff on YouTube, a lot of people don't like Bella Ramsey as uh, Ellie. And the unfair thing here is that they want someone to look exactly like Ellie from the video game. And while Pedro Pascal looks a lot like Joel, like it's it's different with Ellie. I think Bella Ramsey is a strong actress. I, I'm going to admit when I first saw that she was cast, I was like, huh, really? But she she was really good in Game of Thrones. I think she's going to be great. There's a reason why they cast her. And I think it's important to have a good actor do a good yes. job portraying a character and not just some yeah. random person that looks like the character who does a terrible job. Yeah. Unfortunately, the face that everybody says the original Ellie was based off of um, is Elliot Page. So, right. you know, um, trying to had a very distinctive look to begin with. Um, right. So it's kind of hard to even find somebody um, that could fill that you know, um, facial feature, even though they started to sculpt their face a little more like Ashley Johnson um, in the second one, especially mm-hmm. um, because they didn't want to get sued. Yeah, they did have to change. Didn't they get sued? Didn't they get sued for that? They got in trouble. I don't know if they got sued. Yeah, I don't but think they, they got sued. sued. I, I don't think it was the stupid Lindsay Lohan thing with game with 
Grand Theft Auto. Oh, well, that or, that was just dumb. Or, or Paracetone, whoever sued for the girl, and the girl who's the actual model was like, "I'm a real person." <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't uh, look, and she put herself like side by side on a video. It's, it's, it's me. <laughs> like they're not trying to be Lindsay Lohan or Paracetone. So dumb. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So I think that's the reason is that it's hard to find that look because that look yeah. seemed to be so specific to some artist in right. their head. Um, Joel, you can get a rugged right, silver exactly. fox type of guy. He's um, a bit easier to, you know, I mean, yeah. Pedro Pascal is great. I think he looks almost exactly yeah. like him, but yeah, it's easier to, to flub that aspect of a character. Than, it's just the you age know, thing. You get, a, you get a rugged looking dude with a beard and you're right. halfway there. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's the age thing. It's trying to find a girl that looks like a, a teenage girl. She's got to be 14 in this game. Um, um, so, you know, how, you know, the, the look is going to be tough. Um, so, but as long as she can act the part, she's just got to have the sarcasm. Oh, she, me. she brought it in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Because that, that was the main thing Ashley Johnson brought to the role was her comedic timing and sass is perfect. <laughs> yeah. She was a very sassy character. And so. if they can, I don't know if they, would keep her for a part two or if they'd have to recast it. Um, you know, I don't know if they're like aging her down with makeup in this, if you know what I'm she's, saying. She's 19 in real life. I yeah. didn't think she was anywhere close to that age. I thought she was like nine or 10. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, because she, again, part two, she's supposed to be 18. So, right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she's, if she doesn't, her, if she doesn't look mature enough and still looks like she's 14, it might not pass. Um, I, I've seen people say that Bella Ramsey looks like a very young Ashley Johnson. Yeah. So, mm, you know, maybe yeah, they could yeah. do something there. I think the mom thing is still a good call. Yeah. Even though I don't know anything. But yeah, I think the show is going to be great. I think more people um, that don't play video games need to experience it and kind of see what video games are doing mm -hmm. um, with non high fantasy stuff. Because a lot of people, when they think of video games, you know, they think of your Skyrims and your. World of Warcraft, um, you know stuff like that. Not a little like this is a you know emotional human drama in this with a zombie apocalypse around mm. it. I mean that's what it is, Mark. You don't have to air quote it, even though nobody can see it. I we, we I heard their I can heard their quotes. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, and also the cool thing is I hope they integrate like because they did take it from a real fungal virus that affects ants. Um, so I hope they at least explain that because I think that's a cool little behind the scenes aspect. Yeah, I'm um, sure they will. I'm sure they'll it. delve into so. it. Like, like you said, it'll give them a chance to delve into more details and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I hope they fire, they follow the fireflies a little bit, give you a little bit more of them, um, in this. And I found myself when the, the first sign of it comes up on the screen, uh, I said to myself, I was like, follow the light. <laughs> it's like uh it's like integrated in me. Uh no. But yeah. 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 It'll be it'll be interesting to see where this goes. I'm sure we'll get more trailers, you know, when it gets closer. I don't need anything else. I, I, saw, I get that. I, as a person to play through the game and knows the story, I just want to see that they did some faithful recreations. I think Boston looks pretty good. Um, even though you could have shot it in twenty twenty and a lot of the same signs that are up in this would have been up in twenty twenty. Um uh and uh you know they did some of the more iconic scene setting shots um you know like i said the the boston when you're looking down that 
the highway towards the skyscrapers against each other and the lightning flashes and shows you um, like in the game, the walking across the bridge in winter. Yeah, um, that was a good shot. You know, just stuff like that. Um, and I think the whole season is going to be the whole first game. I'm, I'm are, sure it will be, yeah. Even though there's parts they could will cut off. Or, will they, or do you think they'll hold off until... Well, I mean, they go like, all the way to winter, which is about halfway through. It's just about three quarters of the way through the game um, because they start in, in summer and then it follows the seasons and it ends in spring. Um, so they've at least shown something from three quarters of the way through. I have a feeling it's going to be one of those shows that flashes forward and back a bunch. Yeah. Just yeah, like but, the game, because the game does that, too. Yeah. And it looks like they're also going to integrate the DLC into it, um, you know, because... Uh, they show they show Riley in, in it. Um, so, you know, it'll be that's obviously going to be a flashback, um, you know, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. They, they could very easily just do one season at a time and get enough for a, a show, you know, and just end it with the big climaxes that end at the end of every season um, in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who knows? I'm just I'm just really interested. I wish it wasn't 2023 um, that it was coming out. But. Yeah, well, I, I saw someone make a good point that we have this in 2023 to hold us over until Stranger Things in 2024. <laughs> like, we have something to fill the gap now. Not that this isn't important, but now we have two things that are in line for each other. So two things to look forward to for the future. <laughs> um, and if anyone's interested, you can go and check out the Last of Us official teaser trailer, even though it's two minutes long, it's considered a teaser. Um, you can search for it on YouTube. It's currently trending as the number two most watched video on YouTube. So it's getting eyes and opinions. <laughs> so go check it out. Yeah, and if you played the game, I recommend checking out some of the reacts. Um, yes, that yes. are on there because they'll go into fun. the they'll go into the deep dives like I wanted to do um, in it. You know, frame by frame and things like that that are that are pretty cool and just taking guesses at little things um, that they only show like a, a flash of and going, oh, that's. It's got to be this, you know, Um, but yeah, yeah. Watch it and then make up your own mind. But I think it's going to be huge, at least out the bat with the first episode. Yeah, I agree. Maybe it'll be like Witcher. It'll be awesome and continue on. Yeah. I mean, they, a whole song came out of the Witcher. Right. That that was fun. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So moving on um, to a little bit of breaking news, somewhat breaking news. Uh, Google has surprised everyone, and uh, they announced that they are permanently shutting down their cloud gaming service, Google Stadia, on January 18th of 2023. Oh, no. You mean Google created something and then shut it down early? No, with no notice. That's no notice. They've they've never done that (laughs) before. Wow, guys, I can't believe you're so surprised. Google follows through on everything it releases. (laughs) Yeah. 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 If you so, if you can't if you can't tell, they've done this once or twice before. A few times. Um, the crazy part here, and we were talking about this a little bit before we started the podcast. The crazy thing here is that they plan on refunding all hardware purchased through the Google Store, along with any games and add-ons purchased through the Google Store as well. And they're saying that they should be able to refund people around mid-January as well. That's kind of crazy. So they not uh, only threw $20 million or more to get people to make games for this or to get games for this. They're also probably going to refund that or a little bit less than that to people that bought games. Like, there is, this is literally almost going to be 
I would say close to at least six figures, maybe close. I mean, at six, um, nine figures. Yeah. I was going to say it's, um, <laughs> it's closer to yeah. a billion than. Uh, yeah, I was going to say it's like mid to high nine figures um, just crazy. to pull out of this. So they must have not been getting any traction so, with it. The thing that really annoys me about this whole thing is seeing all the stories about developers that have we're all in on on stadia and they're currently making games for it and they didn't get told that oh hey we're shutting it down they didn't get told that and then they're like well what are we supposed to do now that's that's that was our that was what we were trying to build a game for yeah that really sucks yeah it's just oh it's brutal it reminds me of two systems um i don't know if it was as sudden but it sort of has a little bit of the uh, Dreamcast um, situation where they just pulled the plug after like a year or two. Um, but I don't know if it was as sudden, you know, as like not telling the people. As bad as Sega is as a company, I don't. Th- I think they would have let developers know before pulling the plug um, on on Dreamcast. And I don't think it was as short of a window between pulling the plug and actually ending it. Well, I also um, think a lot of people saw the writing on the wall with with the Saturn. And the Dreamcast. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think it was as big a surprise. Like there yeah. was like everybody knew Stadia sucked, but nobody thought like nobody there was no warning that they were just gonna shut it down. Right. Yeah. And and the other comparison is the Ouya. Oh yeah, yeah for where sure. They, where they just they just ended that and I would assume never told developers. <laughs> it was just like, uh, sorry, independent developer, you know, see what see if you can get your game on Steam. Yeah, that's Steam or Switch right now. That's like the only things where you can get games like that out. Yeah, so I would but, guess itch.io too. But. So again, I for a little while I was on. I was all about digital games, and I totally did a 180 on that after like the 360 because mm-hmm. I saw how many games just got stuck on things. Like it's going to happen here. There are games that you could only play on uh on stadia and i'm pretty right. sure jen i don't i saw somewhere this morning that the store is shut down like now like they just shut it down yeah i think it's it's totally shut down where if you were not um if you're not even like a pro subscription member as of september 29th which yeah, already passed service yeah <laughs> you you can't even access the, your own game libraries like the pro games, I mean, in the game libraries. So, yeah, you can't you can't like buy games now knowing that you're going to be refunded for them, basically, because that I think would be they insane. did it on purpose because they yeah. they knew they did they'd get screwed with that. Right, everyone okay. would buy everything and then just get their money back. Yeah, it's like what happened we, with uh, Cyberpunk, right? Yeah, and we talked about this before the podcast, but there are people that you know put ton. I'm sure put tons of time into mm. games on Stadia. Yeah. That they're just no longer going to be able to play at all. Yep. It's just going to be a, a big paperweight. It's yeah, they're kind of they're kind of dancing around that. They're saying like you know you can access the games that you purchased, but publisher support may vary and your gameplay may be affected. Which yeah, they're basically saying like you know it'll all be gone. It's, right, it's some gold, publishers are going to pull their games. Like things aren't going to work. It's just going to be a disaster and. They need to be more direct with people about how likely that is to happen so that everyone just refunds their stuff, like return, refund, whatever. Um, yeah, like like 
I think games like Destiny 2 are going to be playable until they shut it all the way down and yeah. then it'll be gone. But you, then you got people that have played, you know, like GTA 5 right. for 80 hours and that's all just going to be gone. I, I mean, you just I just don't understand. Like, and I've I've seen people like reach out to Rockstar and say, hey, I need I how can I get this transferred from Stadia to something else? Yeah, because I oh, that's got to be such a terrible feeling. Like, I mean, there's so many games on that that like the Red Dead Redemption Two is on it. Cyberpunk is on that. Is on that. A lot of I, big publishers. I just, I just don't know how. Honest, I don't honestly. I don't know how many people ha- are having this issue. Like, obviously, there's a reason Stadia is shutting down. But right. this is this is just. I and we. I would had high hopes for Stadia that this was going to be like what you use if you can't afford a console this was going to save those those gamers and google just they just shut it all down and that's it's It's, just a it's just a pain in the ass and it shows me why i have a wall full of games that i'll never get rid of at this point uh (laughs) because of stuff like this it's just worse it always feels really secure the digital games until this happens and then you're like hmm <laughs> if this happened you know what else is going to happen or what could else what else could happen so um and like you said how it came as a bit of a surprise to publishers as well a bungee literally did like a react tweet saying like don't worry guys we'll come up with a plan of action because we just found out about this yeah and that's like, crazy I'm sure, to me i feel like somebody like bungee would come up with a way because they already have since it's cross play i imagine they'll come up with a way for them to transfer yeah. that data to you know steam or wherever they want to play xbox or playstation right hopefully but, rockstar does that too uh, rockstar is not looking like the good guy very much anymore so i don't <laughs> know <laughs> i don't know if that's gonna happen yeah that sucks i mean the, the whole thing is is bad i mean you have their employees I mean, the the VP is saying that, you know, no, we just didn't gain the traction that we had hoped for. So we had no choice but to shut it down. But don't worry. You know, most of our employees are going to be reassigned elsewhere within Google. I find that really hard to believe. So I I feel bad for those people. And just like you said, the publishers, the small guys that, you know, were working on games for Stadia. Just it's really sucks. It's really unfortunate. So, yeah. It was it yeah. was surprising to hear. Well, this is where this is where, you know, the whole thing where other companies see this and go, oh, we can just shut stuff down. Yeah. Let's do that. Like, I can't like it. It's happened a bunch of times already. Like Sony said, oh, we're going to shut down the PS3 store and the PS Vita store. And then people mm-hmm. freaked out. <laughs> yeah, right. And then they right. didn't do it. But eventually it's going to happen. Like it happened yeah. on the Wii. Right. And I just the DS, the Wii. This yeah. is where you know, game preservation and emulation and stuff like that makes, a, you know, it's a big deal. We got to have that stuff because right. stuff like this is going to continue to happen. Yep. So hopefully anybody who has a Stadia will be able to turn it into something else and make it useful and just not have it be a <laughs> something like a something to show people that, oh, this was a thing one day. Mm, right. Like a relic. <laughs> it's just a relic of the past. Well, the, the one good thing that Stadia gave out is it probably gave Microsoft the idea for its streaming thing. Well, um, I think Microsoft was already going that direction, and they just, I, they just could. I don't think Google had any idea how well Microsoft made it work. 
Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where, um, you know, some companies uh, come out with a, an idea, like, um, and then somebody, the, the second person that comes out with it is the one that has success. Um, I believe that's the story of, like, the iPhone or something like that. Or oh, yeah, iPod that's... Or something, that's iPod or something was... The, I think the iPod was was that it's it it's basically that the smartphone came out then apple perfected it yeah and the and the ipod the mp3 player came out and i and apple perfected yeah that's what uh, i'm pretty much feeling with stadia and the microsoft thing is even if they were like workshopping it they saw what they did and was like okay we can take some of this and then do the things that they're doing wrong correct and ours will be better like being first out is usually not great in technology sometimes. And I feel like Netflix tried it too, but like it never, yeah. I feel like it never got off the ground. Well, who's talking about Luna? Oh, that's right. You know? Amazon has, I forgot Amazon had their own thing too. Yeah. But yeah, they're not as complicated as Stadia was, um, Luna, in terms of, um, I may be corrected here, but I feel like, um, like uh, Luna could shut down, like, buying new games but amazon's big enough that they can just leave it open you know the server i mean google's big enough that they could have left it open too but yes they... but google never does that no <laughs> I'm, I'm still mad at google google made one of the best things ever they made something they had google music which was their basically their itunes competitor yeah and you, you could upload all of your music and access it from the cloud and they shut mm-hmm. that down, yep. and I have not forgiven them since because that was like the greatest that's thing ever. Do. Yeah, that's the one thing with Google is sometimes they'll innovate and do great things and all that, but if they see an idea that's not making the money, they don't. They just cut it, mm-hmm. like just slice it off, like like an arm in a zombie movie. Just <laughs> cut it right off to stop the infection. Um, like Google they, killing me. Yeah, they don't play around with that. You know, apparently not. You know, Microsoft and Amazon let things hang around. Um, well, they usually, I mean, Microsoft usually does things right, except, you know, the Xbox One launch, but that's another story yeah. for another day. Yeah, that's the thing is um, that, and, you know, and then they try to find ways, even if it costs you money, from the consumer point, to, you know, keep things alive. Um, like, I'm thinking mostly backwards compatibility and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Like, you can, right now, you can load up, uh crimson skies which is an original xbox game on an original xbox an xbox 360 an xbox one and an xbox series x and land play them together yep like if you hook them all into a, a router or a, a switch you can all play that game together that is amazing yeah like yeah. nobody else is doing that stuff yeah yeah that's all the stuff is that uh, I'll say this. I'll leave it. This is my last point on Stadia. I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. That's my one takeaway. Like, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. Because it ever since that, I forget the exact comments, but those dumb comments from Phil Harrison, like within the first six months or a year of it being launched, and then nobody talked about it. Yeah. And it became a joke when they would go, oh, that game's coming to Stadia too. Oh, I guess that's still a thing. You know, when you've reached that point, that's when you should cut it off. And that was like a year ago. So, yep. Crazy. Yeah, I agree. I would be interested for our listeners if anyone has a Stadia. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, wanted, I, want, I want to know if you have a Stadia, okay. how you feel about this, because none of us have it. So, I'm interested to hear 
how you feel about it, it, what your plan is going forward as a gamer. Are you going to continue? Are you going to get a Switch? Are you going to play on Steam and get a Steam Deck? What is what is your plan? I want to. I'd like to know. Oh, that's a good point. I wonder how much the Stadia was refund wise in transferring that into a Steam Deck. That's a pretty. That's a pretty lateral move. I mean, well, uh, more than lateral, obviously, but it's a pretty good direction to go in. I would say. Yeah, yeah I would. I would spend that refund money on a Steam Deck. Hell, they, hell yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then and then have the time to save up the money before my Steam Deck comes in. Um, to buy the games I want for it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just... And also, my final follow-up question to people and what they're going to do with their stadias, um, I want to know if they also bought Anuya. <laughs> Did you guys also buy Anuya? <laughs> and how sad are you now? <laughs> and will, and will they be bookends on your bookshelf? <laughs> Has this happened to you before? Oh my god, imagine. You might, might want to think about being the first adopter of something. Oh yeah. This is yeah. That's one of the reasons I don't want to be an early adopter anymore. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I'm only early adopter in companies I'm confident in. Like if you're going to give me a PlayStation or an Xbox on day one, and I have the money to afford it and get it, I'll do it because I'm not afraid of those two companies shuttering up. Nintendo as well. But like anybody gets new into the game, I'm waiting to see. Oh, yeah, you know that's I'm what we a, all did with the steam deck none of us i mean i was the closest to jumping yeah, on you that actually put your name down i I, <laughs> I waited till the literal last day that i had for me to commit to the price and i couldn't do it because of the price i was like i just can't justify like i still don't have enough information and i can't justify this price and it was like the 700 and something dollar one so i was oh, like yeah, I, I don't want to get one with less you know memory than that but for storage but see, but see it's going to become I know if I get a Steam Deck, one of two things. One, I rarely play my Switch handheld. So Steam Deck would possibly be useless to me. Um, two, it would just be a giant emulation machine. And I wonder if that other one that's coming out that's sort of similar. I forget who's making well, it, Tom. There's, um, well, I've been seeing a bunch of the Aya Neo devices. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're Windows-based devices, but they Yeah, I mean, there's a specific Steam company Deck. that was like, like a video game company. Like Nvidia, maybe was doing something. Logitech. Some, Logitech. That's it. Logitech was making the, but it's. I wanted to say it's specifically for Xbox streaming. Yeah. I like guess for cloud gaming. I could yeah. be wrong. I gotta look this up now. I don't want to sound like an idiot on this because it. Yeah. They literally just announced it. It, yeah. it is for Xbox. I'm looking at it. Yeah. Or that would be like I would wait and see if something like that. Like you know, I wouldn't jump on that. Um, no. You know, and but I honestly, I think ninety percent of the Steam Deck games, I would just, I would just put emulators on it, um, and do that with it. But yeah, so so long, Stadia. Um, we thought you had already left the party, um, but I'm glad to see you're here as we're closing the door. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're still here. Let, Get out. Don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. <laughs> oh no is that the cops you need to leave <laughs> that's great all right so i guess uh are we transitioning to the, the uh, topic did you have anything else that was it that's all yeah. i had so oh, uh, wait before go we go too far mm-hmm. i'm sure everybody knows this already but nvidia announced their 40 series graphics cards yeah. and they're going to be super expensive so i hope you have saved up your money yeah <laughs> 
Um, and am, then some. I am saving then, up my money for a new CPU because I know that's going to be the next thing I need to upgrade on here. Um, yeah. Because you went mid range on mine. So um, I'm well, going to. Mid range at the time was good. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, <laughs> meaning I'll have to go to the next ladder. I think I have a five and you maybe a, like you go a, to seven. You have a, a 3,600. You'll probably have to go to a 50. Yeah. Up eight, to a 5,800. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Instead of going all the way to the seven or nine or is, but you know, either way, um, that's my next purchase. Not these crazy graphics cards that just, just find cheap 33,000 series is when they go on eBay and shit. Um, oh yeah, they're coming. Cause, yeah. uh, cause mining. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get to our topic, um, and keep you in suspense. Cause I know you've been waiting and I got your rapt attention. Um, we are doing extra life again this year. Um, as mentioned, um, it is Saturday on November 12th at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Starting it out, as always, with a uh, session of D&D. Um, this time will be uh, DM'd by uh, one Jenny. Um, so you'll get to see me as a player this time. Um, and I am already in love with my character um, <laughs> that I came up with. I just got to get a little bit of backstory. Not a whole lot, because it's only a one-shot. But enough for, for her to work with um, in there. But... Yeah, so, and then we'll be playing through some games as usual. You know, we'll have our first hour, which will mostly be Halo. Um, I'll probably put some Call of Duty in there, um, just especially if Modern Warfare 2 is good. I'm sure Dan would want to play it, um, and, and John and stuff like that. Um, we'll get our Jackbox in there. Um, we'll get, you know, the WWE stuff and all the normal things we do, Mario Kart and a bunch of that stuff. Um, I got a couple game ideas. I want to see if I can find a game that makes Ant want to walk away, which has happened, I, have, I think, at all of the Extra Lives. <laughs> we need to, I, I have one that we've never done. We need to get him to, to watch or play Bayonetta. Now, I'm, I'm looking for a game like The Quiet Man oh, that makes him think about quitting. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, even if I play it for five minutes or have it set up to where you could accidentally turn it on like you did with Death Stranding. Um, that was amazing when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, are you serious? <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, so be sure to join us. We're at twitch.tv slash gameballpod. Um, uh, we're going to be doing a little stuff uh, at the end of October, at least from me, you know, getting ready for it, um, talking you through some stuff, maybe playing some games. Um, I may play for there to see if it would be entertaining to you guys. Um, so, yeah. So you can donate at uh, tinyurl.com slash gamer. Dad Battle. That's a G A M E R D A D B A T T L E. Uh, so slash Gamer Dad Battle because at some point Tom and Jonathan are going to play a competitive game against each other to prove who's the number one gamer dad. Uh, you're, you're going down, John. Just uh, <laughs> letting you know now. So um, be sure to donate there. If you have any questions, hit up the Twitter or either me or Jan when we're streaming. Um, I would be glad to answer any questions. All right. So as I go um, refill my water, Jen, um, uh, I will let you get started on today's topic and let everybody know what the fuck is going on over at Twitch. Uh, if only I knew what the fuck's going on. But yeah, <laughs> this is a this is a bit close to home for us. So we'll get some facts and then some opinion in there. And um, as we usually say, if anyone out there has opinions and want to continue the conversation after you listen to this podcast, hit us up on Twitter at Game Vault Pod. Because, yeah, this this hit us in the feels. 
in a bad way. Um, so I'm sure at this point we've all heard about the many major issues that are currently surrounding Twitch. Um, some being their slow and reactionary responses to hate raids, really disruptive ads, minimal to no exposure for small streamers, their really inconsistent gray area of TOS, DCMA struggles, and of course, the revenue split for streamers being what most people feel is unfairly low. And that last part is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, so over, over the course of two years, a, about 22,000 people took to a Twitch poll and voiced that they want a minimum 70-30 revenue split where the streamers take home 70% of the money they make through subs and Twitch takes 30%. Many of them argued the very valid point that YouTube and Facebook streamers currently make that much. And a lot of them are also sharing that they don't come close to even hitting minimum wage through streaming. So they're barely bringing in any income from all of the hard work that a lot of people put into streaming. Um, but so, Jen, yes. couldn't you just play more ads on your channel? Funny, you should mention that, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> in response to this poll, Twitch president Dan Clancy sent out emails to select streamers and then published a blog post on September 21st, uh, which I believe is still out there if anyone wants to read it. Um, and it outlined the upcoming changes to revenue for their content creators. Um, so he started out by stating that streamers are what makes Twitch successful. To quote him, we can't run this service unless you make money. That's not a drawback, it's by design. This innate partnership is why we support all streamers' careers and ambitions like they're our own. And then he shared something I actually hadn't been aware of. For a while, Twitch had been offering premium subscription terms to select streamers where they would receive a 70-30 split instead of the typical 50-50. Um, and then apparently a year ago, they stopped offering the premium split um, because they felt like, you know, we haven't been transparent about this deal even existing. And we weren't consistent with qualification criteria where this deal, this deal was generally only offered to very large streamers. And even at that, they couldn't explain to one streamer why they didn't qualify for the deal when another streamer did. Yeah, so that it was part, extreme that favoritism. Yeah, that part's the egregious part. Yeah, it's, it's the, very egregious. The criteria. Uh, I'm not very in on Twitch as much as in the community as you are, Jen. Um, but even I knew that some people knew these deals were happening. Like Twitch making an act like, oh, we weren't telling anybody. But like everybody's like, yeah, we know some people make a bigger split than yeah. others. Like, like the people that do it for a full time job, like they knew. Even oh you know, yeah, they knew for sure because yeah, like like the middle of the road, like couple hundred viewer guys that weren't these top earners. They're like, yeah, we know that's different criteria. They they were all doing like the uh, you know the, the dismissive wanking thing at you know mm. this statement <laughs> in there. Like oh, we we just want to transparency yeah it's like no because you just want to make more money continue well, the, sorry to interrupt funny no you're good the funny thing is and i found this to be really underhanded in his statement he first says you know this was something that we weren't really broadcasting to people that we were doing but i mean it was public information if you really wanted <laughs> to find out about it i'm like shut up why did you have to put that in there like that's just obnoxious even though we all know okay fine yeah like personally i I was not aware that it was a like an actual thing that they were doing where it was consistent 
more consistent with large, like really large streamers. I wasn't surprised hearing, okay, like there are some streamers that got it, but I didn't realize it was an actual like thing that they were offering people like a premium thing that partners could look forward to as like the next step, you know? So yeah. I didn't realize it was that serious. Um, but I think it's funny how then he was just like, yeah, we're sorry, but like you could have found out about it if you tried hard enough. Yeah, that just uh, seems the, 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 sorry. I say the talking down tone does not make this any better. No, it, that, it just, it just makes the guy come off like a, like an idiot. It's, it's yeah. like the, uh, like, uh, Tim cook the other day when people were asking if, you know, anybody was, if they were ever going to work on integrating Android messaging into their, into their iMessage. And they said, buy, buy your, buy your significant other or your grand grandmother an iPhone. That was his mm -hmm. answer. I'm like, don't be so a rude. Like, oh, hey, hey, a uh, oh, so the uh, phone equivalent of, we have a system for that. It's called the Xbox 360. Oh yeah. The Don, yeah, the Don Matrick thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we have we have a, a system for those people. It's called the Xbox 360. Like, what a fucking idiot! Yeah, it's... yeah, and the, the yeah, and, and what I was going to say, um, in terms of the, uh, um, you know, it, basically what what I'm going to give the Twitch guy credit for is that at least he didn't talk about his cats in this blog post. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Jim Ryan basically told people not to talk about Rover Wade and then talked about his cats for the rest of the blog. Um, so at least this guy didn't seem that insincere. Um, uh, Jim Ryan. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, back on topic. Um, I, I think the, I think the main thing, um, Twitch has to do and, and feel free to bring it up if it is later in what you're reading off. Again. I have a lot um, more, so I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, I think Jen's coming in hot here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. That's why I'm letting it. I'm letting it sizzle. Let it. Let it. Let it. Let it, let it just go. Let her. Let her get. And then he's holding we'll turn, me back. He's holding me turn, back. Turn down the heat a little bit. Let the boil go down, and then we'll let it come back up. Um, I think the uh, main thing um, that they have to worry about is that um, the problem becomes these mid-tier streamers, like I was talking about, the ones that sort of knew about the top end stuff but weren't able to get it, but were a little bit more than even a low-end partner, um, which for those of you who don't know, that's consistently 75 viewers. Um, so the 75 to 100 crowd, there are the people that are like the 300 to 1,000 that are like in some kind of limbo area um, that they can look across the way to YouTube and go, I could make more money with my audience over there um, with the new stuff that uh, uh, Twitch is bringing out. But I think they got to be careful because... You know, they can they can see a lot of those mid tier and even some of the lower end high tier jump into YouTube just for the percentages. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing I was reading, um, I was reading a bunch of articles on this because I wanted to see how many takes people had, like how many different directions people were coming at this from. And there was an interview done with I forget his name, but he is like um, he works for a marketing a PR company that um, they what's it called? I can't think of the word. They work with really big streamers. Um, the ones that are making, you know, like 20,000 views on average per stream. Like they, they work with them. And he was saying, you know, this, this is the, this week is the most drama that has ever surrounded Twitch in my 10 years of been, being in this business. But 
I'm telling all of my streamers, even though YouTube seems, you know, like the grass is always greener on the other side kind of thing, I'm telling them to hold off because statistically a lot of a lot of uh, someone's viewership, they're not likely to follow them to a completely different platform as we would as assume that they would be. Yeah. Um, but he was saying, you know, like they're actually the, the crowd on Twitch is so much younger um, that a lot of them like this is their TV. This is their drama. This is whatever. They go to Twitch instead of watching TV. So they're not well, we, likely to uproot themselves to go after someone necessarily. We saw that with Mixer. Right. Uh, a lot of people moved over to Mixer and it just didn't seem to and, gain yeah. as much ground as they thought it would. But at the same time, I'm still mad at my, Microsoft. You should you should not have gotten rid of Mixer. Yeah, they, yeah. that would have been the place to jump to. Exactly. Um, That's the problem. Twitch knows they're the only ones in the game with the most, you know, capabilities right now. Yeah. I mean, YouTube, YouTube has its pluses and minuses. Sure. YouTube has good things going for the streamer because they have like they have super chats and they have mm -hmm. where you can join a channel, basically, which is basically the same as subscribing on Twitch. Mm -hmm. They have they have certain things set in uh, in their ecosystem that are good for streamers but at the same time they don't have like they just don't have the same they don't flexibility have the warmth. yeah the yeah, warmth it's, of twitch it's, you're right it's very cold it is a yeah. very cold place to be yeah uh with, when it comes to uh, being a streamer and like i said you don't have all you don't have the same kind of flexibility as you do on twitch you don't have like a, you don't have a home base like you do on twitch right yeah and yeah, because YouTube has the advantages. I believe they, they support higher bit rates, so you can yes. make the streams look better um, yeah. and all that. Uh, Microsoft, unfortunately, Mixer was probably the best service in terms of for the streamer itself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in terms of there's very little delay. The, you know, the bit rate thing was great on there. You know, Microsoft has all the cloud services you can use. Um, they just pulled out because nobody was coming over. Um, mainly yeah. because Twitch has the monopoly. But right. everything about Mixer, if they would have hung around until Twitch got bad news like this, they oh, could have yeah. they could have oh. they could have done it because people trust Microsoft more than they trust we were Amazon. just talking about them, Google, um, which owns YouTube. Um, oh yes, yes. So it really comes down to of the three companies that could have been involved, I think more people if you know if Microsoft came out and said they were 70, 30 no matter what people would have flocked there because you're really having them pick between Google, Microsoft, and Amazon right? Um, as your corporate leaders. And I think I know where people would go if everything was equal. Um, yeah. yeah. They're all evil because most corporations are evil. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's a lot less in the Microsoft camp than there is in the other two. Um, but yeah, the problem becomes YouTube is just toxic, if not more than twitch yeah youtube overall what i've seen and i i don't hang around youtube a ton to watch live streams to really have a super strong opinion but yeah. i've gotten enough of a taste of youtube streaming where i it's it the toxic is a good way to put it and it yeah. just doesn't seem as and we all know twitch has its issues with protecting their streamers but it feels so much less protected than than i feel when i'm on twitch i don't yeah. like it yeah, and I don't know if you have this further down. Uh, I'll let you get back to your copy. Uh, but um, I think 
the if they didn't already do this, I think this was Google YouTube's time to just shout from the heavens all the advantages of YouTube gaming. Um, like hit Twitter, hit Discords, you know, or I don't know if you can do that, but you know, just just start, you know, to use the term, just start evangelizing mm-hmm. everything that's good about YouTube gaming. Um, as soon as this split came out, like, oh, it's 70, 30, no matter what, you know, bit rates are better. It'll be easier for you to use OBS, you know, at, you know, one, two, three, just hit bullet points. Um, I don't know if they did do that. I didn't pay that close attention to the YouTube side of this. But as soon as this dropped, that letter dropped, um, I think I jokingly either said on Twitter or to you guys, I used the old wrestling joke from the Jim Ross of going, by God, that's YouTube gaming's music. Um, because is the perfect time for them to jump on it. And I will say this, if Microsoft was still in the game, they would have jumped on it at, with, Phil, with Phil Spencer at the helm. Yeah. They would have jumped on it because they are so good at it. Um, you can even get into you know some of the stuff that they're battling with Sony here, and he's just making Jim Ryan look like an idiot um, in their back and forth. But I think that's YouTube's number one fail because it didn't penetrate to me You know, YouTube trying to pull streamers over which is what they should have done immediately well i was reading that they had i don't know if it was just vidcon i don't remember if it was vidcon that just happened but like a week before this happened with twitch youtube was talking about all of the things that they're coming up with to do for their streamers like more perks and and stuff i don't know exactly what was said yeah but I know that the conversation there was very positive and a lot of people walked away saying like, oh, this is great. Like, I'm, I'm happy for what's coming. And then this happened yeah. and everyone's like, what the fuck, Twitch? Like, it, this is not it at all. This is the opposite of what YouTube just did. Yeah, it, it needed to be a full court press in all mainstream and video game media <laughs> right? from, from Google's side as soon as this happened. Like, they just needed to jump on this blood in the water. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe they're sitting they back. Maybe they're sitting back, like, you know, kind of like back in their throne, like, yep, you know, come to us now. We know, we know, you can come home now. The, the problem yeah. isn't so much um, getting the streamers to jump over. That's um, the viewers. They need to get the viewers over. And the way to do that is to mobilize yourself. Again, I'm not a PR marketing expert at all. Hell, I'm, I, I gave up Twitter accounts in our spear because I'm like, I can't do this. Um, but the um, what they needed to do was to use the way that Gen Z and you know and the younger generation like to rally around something, you know, get out there and hit everywhere they could be hit um, in terms of making everybody go. You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give this YouTube get you know gaming a try. Oh, they're my favorite streamers gonna get more money and you know take advantage of the power of social relationships that people develop. Uh, to get them over like ninja was too big you know for mixer to pull over mm-hmm. like you know that's too big of an audience to try to come over but if you can get a you know a, a someone that pulls in ten thousand viewers or something you know or in in, in a week i'm not saying in one stream because that's really high but you know you get somebody that's like between a thousand ten thousand get a couple of them over and then they start rating or doing whatever on youtube and you know and that's how you got to do it. And I don't know if they didn't take the opportunity to hit the blood in the water because I don't think, I don't think they can sit back um, and, and do any of that because they need to, they need to be public because they need to get to the viewers ears 
um, more than they do if they're talking behind the scenes with streamers. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they maybe they want to make sure that before they do that, that people are gonna not come there and be like, "Well, this is this is worse than Twitch," and go back. And maybe they want to kind of strategize a bit. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the really big streamers do. Um, so I guess I'll go into like the changes that are happening. Oh yeah, go go for we'll, it. Well, real quick before yeah. we go too far. I mean, if if we didn't have any sort of following on Twitch, I'd say now's probably a good time to try out. Um, uh, YouTube. What are they calling it? Is it still YouTube gaming? It's YouTube gaming. Yeah. Um, just because you know it, it you know we might find another audience there because I know people, a lot of people have, but Jen, I know you have a much bigger following than we do, and it would be not, it would not work out well for you if you did that. I feel like, yeah, I don't I know. I feel like it's hard. I feel like it's hard to pull people from one place to another. Not that you're not a good streamer, Jen. You're the best streamer we have, by <laughs> God. Uh, I just think it's not an easy thing to pull. Uh, we we watched it happen. Right. I mean, even Ninja couldn't pull his whole fan base from Twitch over. So yeah, it's just one of those things. Yeah, it'll be like I said, it'll be interesting to see if some of the real big streamers, you know, take the plunge. I I don't know. I feel like I feel like some people will, but I don't know. It'll be it'll it'll be interesting, I guess, to see what happens. Um. So basically back to this blog post, um, he, you know, says, oh, by the way, this deal exists. You could have found out about it if you tried it hard, tried hard enough. But, um, you know, we took it away because we felt bad about it. Um, so that's then he's, why. yeah, that's totally why. <laughs> then he stated that they all believe as a, t- as a Twitch team that regardless of the size of someone's stream, they should be making the same amount of revenue that somebody else makes. And they don't think it's fair to punish. They also don't think it's fair to punish the people who they did originally offer the premium subscriptions to because the reason that they started this whole thing was because those were the streamers that were helping Twitch grow into what it is today. So they're kind of like, they they were kind of in in a hard spot with what to do. So he's proposing, well, he's not proposing because they're happening. He's stating these changes are happening starting after June 1st of 2023. Any of these streamers who still receive the premium revenue split, they will be able to keep the 70-30 split until they reach $100,000 earned through subscription (laughs) revenue. Uh, And then once they surpass that, then their split is capped at the 50-50 share. Um, I have no idea. Again, this I had no idea how large of a scope this actually was, this thing that, you know, this premium share. So I don't know how many of these people who have this deal are, you know, I'm saying like how how many of them may easily hit that. You know, I I don't know how many people are going to be barely affected by this. um, But I I feel like um, and I don't know if if, if they did dig deeper. Is that 100K just subscriber money or does it include ads and all that? No, it's just subscription revenue. Okay. So, I was going to say if that if that includes all revenue for those big streamers, no, no, they, no. they're hitting that pretty quickly. Yeah, no, this <laughs> this is only about subscription revenue. So let's see, let's do some quick math. What is that? Um, Five dollars a person, and that's only for a tier one. Yeah, so we'll just say they're all tier one. So that's mm-hmm. hundred thousand divided by five. That would be somebody with twenty thousand subscribers, right? Um, Concurrent, yeah, every month. 
every month, 20,000. And like you said, that's only if they pay the $5 tier one right? and they're not simps paying for tier three um, on uh, some of those uh, hot tub streamers out there. I'm looking at you guys. Me personally. Yes. Yeah. Hot tub streamer subscribers. I mean, we do. Don't we owe somebody a hot tub stream? Did that we happen? Almost, no. We almost owed it. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. last extra life. Yeah. It was three. We had to reach 3000. We, got, um, yeah. we were rather close. We got uh, uncomfortably close, I think. <laughs> yeah, we got we got over two thousand because we pushed because the two thousand dollar goal was Gen DMing a game of D and D. Yeah. So we pushed for that, and they they got us over the hump at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it just that number seems low. But if it's only for subscriptions, I don't know how many people are pulling in five figure subscribers concurrently every month um, for this to affect. And if that's true, why even do this? Like, why cause this, you know, uproar in the community and all for something that maybe 10 people might hit? Now, if those 10 people are bringing you in money other ways, you know, I guess you would need to cut this off to make like, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know why they would do this. if. If the threshold was lower, I could see why, you know, but I would also love to know, like, what are any of these streamers making money from endorsement? Yes. Or other, you know, how how much of that is their income as opposed to this? Because I know a lot of YouTubers, a lot of their income is Patreon instead of YouTube because YouTube doesn't pay as well as it used to. Yeah. So they have to go and search for other means, whether it be Kofi or patreon or anything like that so i i i'm always curious about that yeah there's that i made the joke about the ads thing which i think jen's going to get to um soon mm-hmm. but oh yeah yeah there's a whole ads program um where you can be in some program if you play these certain ads at a certain time you get kind of bonus money or something i saw one of my mid-tier um speedrunner streamers doing it um he's like guys i'm just gonna go silent because i gotta run this ad you know one of those things um, have to run it like every 40 minutes or something, you know, stuff like that. And it's also the ones that get paid to play a game, uh, you know, like, Hey, this, go- this person gave me a code and I have to play like an hour of it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, sponsored streams, sponsored streams and stuff. So yeah, they make money. That There's a way. lot of different ways. Yeah. 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 It's, it's you- a real grind. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. it's crazy. I like, I, I know how much our streams make and that, we stream like not as much anymore, but when we were going four or five days a week, we didn't make any, we didn't make any money. Like I can't imagine someone going eight hours a day for five days, five to seven days a week. Yeah. Just trying to make a living. I can't, I cannot even imagine the stress on not just your, your brain on your body. Cause you're not, you're just sitting there. You're just for, for 10 hours a day i can't yeah. i can't even imagine and a lot of the, the mid-tier streamers i watch the ones that are partners i keep using the word mid-tier but um they're probably more lower tier of partners well, any anything anybody who's a partner is at least mid-tier i would 75 well, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking like mid-tier would be like viewer counts like would be like well, four figures would be mid i think well you ha- i would think mid-tier is anybody who's a partner because you have to have what is it? You have to have 75, 75 a average. stream, yeah. which is yeah. not an easy thing to do. No. 
So, you know, yeah. I, I would I would think that that's that would be mid tier to me personally. Yeah, there's a noticeable difference I've noticed between people starting out as partners and kind of hovering around the 70 to 100 range. And then like the next step, there's like a noticeable jump where they're always at like three to five. It, it's like 70 to 100 and then like three to five. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, above yeah. that, it's all and, amazing to me. Yeah, and getting, to the, and getting to those, those partner counts, um, from what I've noticed, and um, I know, Jen, you're, you've been dedicating doing a little bit more than us, but just from other people I follow, um, one, you have to get really lucky with a game um, that pulls in a lot of viewers. Um, you know, at some point, you could grind away forever, and then that one, you get lucky. That's one way to get to partner. Um, and then the other way is you come from some other field, like professional field. Like I'm talking like games journalist. Um, and you have you are you already have a following. Yeah, you already have a following. Games journalist. You know, I think of like I know he's been there a while, but someone like uh, you know it me JP. You know, who came from um, uh, what's it called esports world um, into there, um, or you. Um, are some kind of like you showed up on um, Games Done Quick, you mm -hmm. know, and and just happened to pop on there, and then a bunch of people start following you because of that. Um, you, it's it's either you know uh, getting in the right place at the right time in terms of a of a Games Done Quick channel that pulls in thousands of viewers um, or tens of thousands during the actual marathons, um, or getting lucky with a game like you were the one that you know hit that game. Um, or you have a previous following. I think the hardest work is what you're doing, uh, Jen, getting to the point that you've gotten to in terms of um, not having one of those, no, that number one click and not having coming from the other two. And mm -hmm. to still get consistently in the 20s, I think, or like teens. Um, it's pretty remarkable. But I think that I think that's what shows um, that the streaming stuff um, is is much harder than it looks. Um, because I see a lot of people doing the eight hours a day from people that followed us, um, you know, that I refollowed just to follow back mm. and they're sitting there and I see them for almost four to six hours a day and they're pulling like two people, you know, and it's just, I'm it's sure tough. these, you know, these guys have decided to do this for a living, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, I'm still seeing them pop up, you know, three to four days a week, you know, pulling barely anyone. Um, and they're and you see them getting desperate, um, you know, where they're just picking whatever the new hot game is, you know, and, and are playing that to try to get something to pop. Um, but yeah, I think these new rules, um, essentially with the split, might get uh, we might get people to realize, um, you know, not they're being open and transparent about this stuff that maybe uh, maybe I shouldn't quit my job <laughs> to do this. Yeah, maybe I'm. I'm in a lot of Twitch support groups where um, I had initially joined them to, you know, meet other really small streamers and, you know, become friends, network with these people. And it's really just come down to people trying to tear each other down in different ways yeah. and a lot of drama. So I really don't yeah. check them that often. But um, every once in a while, I see the same things popping up where, you know, people are complaining like, oh, I only had like two viewers, like you said, and I stream eight hours a day and every day a week. And I wanted this to be, you know, like my, my job. And it's unfortunate. It's really hard. You're literally a needle in a haystack on Twitch. 
Mm -hmm. um, you can go for the hot game, but you're going to be one of 10,000 other people who are streaming at the same time. Yeah. And that's where like, yeah, I mean, if you don't have friends and do the grind offline, like off stream, like you're on yeah. social media, you're making videos, you're on YouTube, you're trying to get a sponsorship, you're trying to do this, you're trying to do that. Like if you're not doing all of these other things and networking and making friends and like learning or growing in other people's communities, like, you know, making genuine connections. Yeah. Unless you're extremely extremely mind-blowing earth-shatteringly good at a game or really really lucky you know it's 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 really hard it's it's not something that's super viable to instantly quit your job and become a streamer and yeah. i have unfortunately seen people announce that in those groups yeah like hey guys i decided like i love watching twitch streamers i hate my job today i quit and i'm just gonna start streaming like they didn't even start yet I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah. I hope that you good, can do this. Yeah, it's it's scary to hear that. <laughs> like, oh man. But like like more power to you if you want to do that, but my God. Yeah. Yeah. And the and the, and the one other thing, which is sad to say, but it, it's in all video media. Um, mm -hmm. if you don't look a certain way, you're not gonna get viewers either. You know, you can't just have like well, like sit in front like of a camera. You know, like looking like, and this is both sexes. I'm not saying, you know, looking like a, a, a slob and you're going to get, um, unless if you have a previous following, you're not going to get enough viewers to quit your job. Like, I, I also you, you, feel like it's, that's kind of changing with, um, VTubers and, yes, and VTubers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that's work. like, but yeah, it's, that's, it's, you gotta, you gotta make that work. Yeah. You have to like, be knowledgeable enough to do that. And uh, and you have to overcome the um, it when you do a VTube, it's like the difference between trying to become and I might be totally off base and thinking an old archaic thought here, but it'd be like the difference of when you're behind a VTube instead of a face cam is like the difference between trying to become good in TV and good in radio because the things the priorities become different. Um, if you're just doing face cam and doing a lot of that stuff. You know, people you might get start getting self conscious and want to, you know, look a certain way or or create a character to look a certain way. You know, people like Doctor Disrespect and you know all that stuff. Um, but with the VTube, you have to have the personality or the voice or you know something. Um, it's a whole different skill set, um, one way or the other. Um, I don't know. You're still playing video games on the internet, so I don't. I, I don't but know. But it's not how just much. that. Um, if it was just that, more people would be good you know at it if it was just the video game no cam you know no anything um it would be easier but it just becomes everything has to be good around the edges you know and like there's, i like i've always said audio is more important yeah, than audio is number one video mm -hmm. uh so if you can speak and you can interact with chat and yep. you don't have a camera you can get by yeah. i i just think that I feel like how you look isn't as big a deal as it used to be for streaming because there's ways around it. So, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think it's as big a deal as it. Yeah, as and it when when I say when I say look so much, I'm not talking about so much attractiveness. It's just no. You, yeah, I understand. Yeah, you know, I'm talking about the things behind you in the video. If you're not doing green screen, you know, and and, and things like that. Like, you know, if you're going to do um, 
it, it's just the same thing. It's just your real world experience and not a VTube um, uh, uh, background sort of thing. But it's just that's where a lot of people don't understand. And I'm glad I understood this. And I think we all did before we got into doing Twitch streaming. It's like um, the it's not it's not just sitting around playing video games. It's much more than that. Yeah, you, have it's be, much, you have to you have to you have to be able one, you have to be able to multitask. Two, you have to yeah. be able to be entertaining and play a video game. Yeah. That's very difficult to do. That's not an easy thing yeah. to do. Which is which is where I find I struggle with is is part of that. Um and which Jen is very good at um on there and I'm jealous of that. Um but you know, it's it, it's like um you know, the, the only way you can get away with no cam, no personality is fucking great at a video game. Like, well, yeah, if you're, if you're a if, runner, something like that. If, and if you're like the best Street Fighter player in the world, like if Daigo or somebody, you know, just did no cam, no audio and just showed them beating the shit out of people online, people would tune into that. You know, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm saying at that level, not obviously Daigo has a following that would do it no matter what. But um, yeah, yeah. But. Um, as, as we'll let Jen, uh, get back, um, in here. Um, yeah, but for those of us that wouldn't make to this threshold, Jen, there's other ways for us to make money, correct? Oh, yes. You're going to want to hear this. So, <laughs> oh, and by the way, before I get to that, um, after they, he said, you know, everyone's going to be at the standard 50, 50, um, once they hit their hundred K. Um, he also made a point to say that they still may negotiate special revenue arrangements case by case, but they won't happen as often as they were and they won't be as good of a deal. So there's sort of an open door there. Um, but yeah, he unfortunately went on to say that that 22,000, the 22,000 people who are asking for the 70, 30 split, they're not going to be doing that. Um, he stated that there are plenty of other things that streamers can do on Twitch to make their money, saying that they've recently bumped up ad revenue share to 55% in the streamer's favor. Anytime they do, anytime somebody says there's plenty of other stuff you can do, that means you're doing something wrong. You're doing something wrong. Yeah. The blame is being put on you. Yeah. So with this whole ad, ad revenue thing, he's saying, you know, we bumped it up to 55%. Now you're making 55% of the profits from ads. And he claims that not only does that difference make up most, if not all of the lost revenue for the premium subscription streamers, but also said that between prime subs, community gifting, hype trains, and the ad incentive program, which Mark touched on, he's already seen an increase of 27% more streamer revenue per viewer hour every year over the last five years, which means he's saying streamers now earn about three times more money uh, per viewer hour than they did five years ago. So he's basically saying, we're already paying you pretty much a 70-30 split if you look at you it that way. starting to sound like to me? Bullshit? The, well, what's the name of the brand, the, the PC building brand that decided they were going to tell somebody she wasn't... Oh... She wa- Damn. I've already forgotten their names because that's how little <laughs> I gave a shit about them. Yeah. Um, but he, so- he sounds like that guy, and that's not good because that guy's a complete douchebag. Why can't I think of the name right now? Yeah, and he's oh, artisan he's builds, art, art, artesian builds. Oh, yeah, that fucking guy. Yeah, a lot of this sounds like that. Like, oh, you're not you're not popular enough to 
to get these perks. So do these other things because that that's the same. Hmm. Yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's sorry. Good. No, that's okay. I was gonna say he's he's basically trying to nickel and dime everyone by saying like, well, yeah, I mean, you're not getting the seventy thirty split, but if you technically do like utilize this, 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 and this, if you squint at it really hard, you're technically you're, you're, making that much. Yeah, that's the kind of shit I don't like. That's yeah. the the shadiest shit. Yeah, ever and, that he could have put in that post. Yeah, and. Two things, and I'm sure part of this is going to be in the second part. It's going to be in your article, so I just sort of lean into it. I'm not sure, but um, it, it he's as close to saying, um, you know, we're taking away the split and taking money because uh, all this ad revenue and other stuff's up because you're getting exposure from Twitch. Ugh. You know, we're paying you partially in exposure so that Ugh. other income can go up. Um, it's part of what I'm I'm reading into it. It just well, sounds it so gross. So yeah. It's so sleazy. Yeah. yeah, you know, you're the stuff the community gives you because you're on <sighs> our platform. Um, yeah, literally but, what he's saying. But Jen, um, how many ads are they suggesting you should run per hour? Oh my god, I don't even know because I was so disinterested in the ad program. I looked at it and closed it immediately. So I don't I know. You I can tell. I me. believe it is six ads per hour. Do you know um, how disruptive that is? Yep. It's so That's disruptive. <laughs> it's somewhere that is... in that range. Like like those <sighs> 15 to 30 second ads popping up six times an hour. Um, it, it's, is, oh, it's is, so bad. Yeah, I don't think we've ever run an ad now that I'm thinking about it. We, no, we do. By default, we do. We well, have no yeah, choice. Once somebody clicks on, on our channel, it'll mm -hmm. play an ad. But like, yeah. I don't think I've ever... like. I don't know if we have mid-roll ads or not. May, but. Well, I have we have the ability to run an ad whenever we want. Yeah. But I've I don't think I've ever done it. No, like I we, think maybe maybe if I if I got up out of my chair to do something, I would do it. But other than that, I have no reason to run an ad. Yeah. The yeah, the Especially disgusting with, thing to say is that um or I'm not discussing the fun thing to say is when you see some of those streamers like um like the Zelda people I follow to get like three to 400 people um, mm. in there. And he's just like, guys, I got to hit the ad button, you know? Right. They don't right. even want to do it. It's They're like, I like, have no choice. Yeah. Like, and her, his wife or girlfriend, I don't know if he's if they're married yet, um, has less viewers and she's got to do the same amount to get the ad revenue program thing um, done. And she's like, I like, I, I'm, I'm shocked. They're still there when it comes back, you know, sort of yeah. like a joke, but yeah, it's a the, solid three to four minutes of just the 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 stream shrinks down to yeah. this tiny little square. You can't hear anything. You could barely see anything, and you're watching these ads that are so unrelated to anything that you care about. Oh, you're you're oh, you mean you watch it on desktop? Oh yeah, yeah. On 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 the phone, it does not shrink. <laughs> you get the full screen ad um, while it's going on. Oh no, I'm, I mean like the stream shrinks and you get the full screen ad stream ad. Uh, oh yeah. On, I believe that feature. I don't know if we're talking about the same feature, but on desktop, it'll put the full screen ad, but then it'll put the stream up in the upper right yeah. hand corner. Right. So on, you can still I don't see think it, it does that on mobile. Probably not because yeah. that would be too complex for a mobile. <laughs> for but a mobile yeah. Platform. yeah mobile, so. By the way, mobile Twitch is sucks. Fucking dog shit. <laughs> yes, it oh, is. If, if, if you want to see fucking garbage, find the um, get your Roku and try and find the program you have to use on Roku 
Um, well, there is no. Point. You have to. You have to like do it. A you have to like side load it to get yeah. it to work. There, there's an there's a program called like Two O or something like that. Um, that I have um on my Roku, and that that shit is garbage. Um, well, that's because the official Twitch channel isn't there anymore because Amazon is stupid and won't yeah. work with Roku, and that's a whole other thing. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the problem. Is that I wonder. If a lot of this, don't worry about it. You can play an ad, um, only take into effect people watching it on desktops or laptops. And this guy isn't even thinking about, you know, anybody that has mobile viewers. Like if you're running six things an hour and I'm losing 15 to 30 seconds of your thing while I have you, like I'm sitting looking at my phone, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go to another channel or I'm going to go do something else. Um, I guess the incentive is to subscribe, but, um, well, right. The, other, the problem the other is, day, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just, I just want to go okay. in all in on how terrible mobile is. Uh, so the other day, Jen added new sounds to our stream, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool. I want to, I want to see that." But because I was on mobile, I couldn't see it because I can't see anything that is like in our, um, like our description boxes that show up normally on desktop you can't see any of that on on mobile also you can't prime sub on mobile either nope yeah it's so of, different what kind of stupid shit is that like i have to bust out my laptop because i need i, I want to use my prime sub i can't use it on mobile like give me a break yeah it's it's asinine that app is ridiculous the the uh delay on the app is like three times longer than Twitch. Yeah. Like on a desktop. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's where doing ad and all this other stuff doesn't yeah, it's I I get I there there can be only one of two things going on. And I don't think it's the uh second thing. But one, they're just being greedy and want to make more that's most likely what's going on. Of course. Because yeah. Amazon's terrible. The only other dark horse thing that could be going on is that Twitch is losing a shitload of money and they're trying to figure out how to, how to get it, you know, to be profitable. Um, well, I, I think that Twitch saw such a big influx during the pandemic mm-hmm. that they are now no longer seeing that growth and they were counting on that growth. Yeah. Um, and so now they have to do shady stuff like this. This has happened with a bunch of different things. Like, I get uh, again before I talked about Nvidia and how they they were using pandemic pricing to try to entice you know entice investors and things and and now that those they're they don't have that same limitation they're trying to st- still sell stuff for over what it's worth and people are not happy about it which is kind of the same thing I feel like that's happening right now with Twitch Everybody was streaming. Everybody was buying a capture card. Everybody was buying a PC. That's why you couldn't yeah. you couldn't buy PC parts for three years because everybody was trying to build one to become a streamer and do that from home because that's all they had all they could do because you a lot of people couldn't go out and work. Yep. So yep. they became a streamer. And now people are not doing that anymore. So they they need to make sure that they have their asses covered for all the capital they're no longer getting yeah and um i'll we'll let jen finish what she has so we can move on to our retro roulette game 
um, before this drags on any longer. I'll, you know, go <laughs> and, we could be here for hours. Yeah. We've already been here for let's, a couple, but we could be here for yeah. way longer just yeah. talking let's, about this. Let's let Jen, Jen finish the venting that she has or the, <laughs> you know, let, I don't want to get off on a rant here. Um, part of this uh, before we move on, because it is very important. That's made it a topic and talked as long as we did um, uh, for everyone out there. Uh, but um, I'm going to cede the floor to her. And when she's done, we'll move on to Retro Roulette. <laughs> okay. So let's see. We talked about the ads. Uh, he's bullshitting everyone saying, like, you guys just need to be thankful for all of these features that we're giving you. And technically, you're already making 70-30, so shut up. Uh, and then he mentioned really quickly that Twitch has decided to lower the minimum payout amount to $50 instead of 100 And he's yay. like, you know, this will help small streamers get their money faster. So, like, we did something nice. Yay. Um, and then at the end of his of his uh, blog post, he mentions, you know, it's very expensive for Twitch to host streams at such high quality. And a streamer with only an average of 100 viewers per stream costs us around $1,000 a month. But we don't want to bore you with those details. Well, thanks for reading. Like, <laughs> that was it. So this is my this is th these are my like closing thoughts. And this probably will sum up what we've been talking about, because I feel like we've all been on the same page about all this. Twitch is undeniably making a ton of money, even if they're in the red or they're struggling sometimes. The thing is, they're making money generated by the streamers that use their site. And I think this is a perfect example of how they've completely lost sight of how truly important streamers are to Twitch. Nobody, no matter how many times they've inserted that statement into this blog post. Like, I feel like, you know, the term shit sandwich, where it's like yep. bad news, <laughs> bullshit, good news, bad news. Like, that's what this post was. Like, we love you guys. Here's all the garbage. Oh, by the way, you have a minimum payout lowered. You're welcome. But here's another excuse. Like, it was just, it wasn't done in a nice positive way that made you feel good and then like okay i get this is a tough call they had to make but at the end of the day i'm i'm still happy to be here it was just bad feelings the entire time you read the post um it's honestly it's mind-blowing that they took the opinions of twenty-two thousand streamers who were asking for a fair split based on the time and effort that they put into being creators as well as the actual fact that it's the same revenue as their competitor platforms are giving and stated that not only are they not honoring the request, but they're also slowly taking it away from the creators that already have it. And the worst part to me is their attempt at making streamers feel like they're already making enough money where they shouldn't need the 70-30 revenue cut. I mean, we all know Twitch has pretty much zero discoverability, especially, especially for small streamers. And they've been taking away helpful tools like hosting, which is leaving on October 3rd. Um, the hosting and other things like, you know, they're making it harder to grow by mandating these really stupid rules where, you know, if a viewer mutes your stream, they don't count as a viewer anymore. Or if a viewer is lurking in more than two streams, they don't count as a viewer for anyone. And they're doing these things, but then they're telling streamers, oh, just spam your, spam your stream with these annoying ads to make more money, which is only, only going to force viewers away, especially from the smaller streams. And at the same time, you know, they're still saying, you know, be grateful for these features that aren't guaranteed to make you money because they're gifted subs, they're hype trains, they're prime subs. These are things that are generously given to you by your viewers, but they're not things that the streamer has control over. So you can't be saying, well, technically all of these things are making you that much because they're not. They're not making most people that much. There's no way. And 
Twitch should be putting their effort, in my opinion, into developing a better streaming site overall. That's going to draw in more people. It gives streamers the tools and the knowledge to grow their streams. And they're not forcing everyone to sit at this pathetic revenue cap while taking half of their profits from them. So I think I think they should have saved themselves a lot of time by not writing this post and just told streamers, hey, guys, you should be lucky to be on Twitch. So shut up because that's all I got. It was just a lot of garbage and I'm not happy. I'm, I'm spicy about it, I guess. I, I totally get it. I don't yeah. blame you for being spicy. This is uh this is not a not a fun topic, especially when no. you know so many people who stream a lot. And you're one of those people. You stream a lot. And yeah. you do a lot of work to make sure that your stream goes well and you can it's not just like yelling into a void. <laughs> I mean, we do like playing games for people, but at the yeah. same time it's nice to earn something. And right. it's just stuff like this that makes it more difficult is always hard for uh, for all of us, especially yeah. when we're such we we get so little viewership as it is when we do stream. Not that we, not that we don't appreciate everybody tuning in. It's just that you know it's hard. It's hard being a, a streamer these days, right? Yeah. And we we know like the whole seventy thirty argument is crap because. You know, we we get the prime subs, which is amazing. And we get a hype train. We get, you know, all that kind of stuff, which we appreciate. But, you know, we're we're a small stream and we don't see a 70 percent revenue cut. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's just garbage. Like the fact that they went there and they tried to reason with everyone to make them OK with the fact that they're not making the minimum that other people are making on other streaming platforms. It just it's it's shisty. I don't like it. <laughs> It's a good and, way to put it. Yeah. yeah. And my my final thought on it, um, for you, everyone out there who's an old school streaming fan, Viva La Hitbox, bring back Hitbox. Wow. Right, bring back Justin TV. Well, <laughs> I don't think Twitch is going back there. Um, I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, there are some great things about people not being able to switch over to their Justin TV names um, when, when it became Twitch, but that's for another time. Um, so, um, thank you, Jen. Um, we will come to your TED Talk. Yes, um, please. <laughs> so, moving on, um, I guess this retro roulette section will be a little shorter um, than normal, um, just because um, it is um, one that I, I guess is more, if you're a fan of the sport, um, would be a lot more fun to talk about. But I just want to, at least real quick... Um, state my opinions. Um, I talked about most of them um, on the, um, uh, so, um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, so, essentially, I'll just, I'll just do the cliff notes for those of you who didn't tune into the stream. Um, WCW uh, versus NWO Revenge was our game this week. Um, as I said, it's probably my second favorite um, Aki game. Um, I'm more of a No Mercy guy um, as number one. Um, but, the best part about this is it was one of my favorite wrestling co-op, like couch couch games. I didn't say co-op, couch multiplayer games um, with my friends. We used to do brackets and King of the Ring stuff and, you know, just have fun um, when we were totally cool kids in high school um, doing it. And, you know, we were definitely not out smoking and drinking. Uh, we're just playing wrestling games on the Nintendo 64. Um 
but yeah, so the game's fun. Um, it's one of those where it didn't really take advantage um, as much as you think with height and size and all that. Um, there were some advantages to being a bigger character, which is how I won a tournament at a Funko Land, um, playing the giant and just basically making everyone tap out. Um, which he's not a submission specialist, but for some reason the heavyweights could get them to tap out really fast. Um, so, you know, y- your friend didn't really have to know wrestling. You could just pick someone you thought would look cool and it would be able to stick with you in the match. As I won the Battle Royale with Ultimo Dragon, which, while my favorite luchador, um, was not one that was a very high ranked, um, even at that time, um, in terms of, of mainstream popularity. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Game is great. Those those sixty four games are fantastic. That's why I hope AEW Fight for the F- Fight Forever um, is good as well. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's uh, any other thoughts. Um, I know uh, uh, Jen said she she wasn't able to play it, but then again, it's a single player wrestling game. I don't know what m- more you get not being on stream mm-hmm. um, with it to talk to people. Um, but Tom, um, you probably have some uh, nostalgic past experience with it. Yeah, so this was like one of the better N64 games to play if you had one. So a lot of kids my age, if they were re- even somewhat of a wrestling fan, had this game. And uh, it did some good things. It also did some things that were like, well, that's weird. Uh it is a little limited in the fact that, you know, it only has a few game modes, which I think is the biggest downside to this game is that in order to like get a, to play it by yourself, you have to, you have to like pick one of the, the game modes and just, Oh, that's just, this is all I'm going to play today. Uh, so it's like it, they left out, like they left out any, any like season mode or anything like that. Which is which seemed strange to me. I don't know why they did that, but uh, the roster is incredible. Uh, it's the same Aki music that's in like every one of the No Mercy and everything like that. And it's just funny to see like an N sixty four game where you, they did not have they didn't have room for like real music or <laughs> yeah or FMV video. So they just had like this this goofy intro that they that they did in engine to 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 make it uh to make it seem interesting and entertaining for anybody turning the game on for the first time but other than that i mean it's fun game i enjoy it when i play it but at the same time it there are there are many other games like this that do it a little bit better yeah yeah especially from the single player perspective um but yeah i you couldn't go wrong with any of those games um I think I think World Tour might be the the lowest on the rung, just because it was had basically no features in it because it was one of the first out there. But yeah, yeah. Essentially, um, if you don't have wrestling nostalgia or anything, um, they, you probably don't need to play these games. But if you have uh, even 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 feel like wrestling now, go back and play it because you um, see some people you you know nowadays um, in those games still and realize how long they've been around. Um, but yeah, yeah, so, um, we give scores real fast. Um, uh, Tom, we'll go with you. Uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half because like I said, it's, 
it's a it's a good game, but there are better games in the series that do it better. Yeah, and I'll go four out of five. Um, as I said, it's my second favorite of the, year. Um, and I think it's just because, um, and No Mercy jumps ahead of it just because of that was when I was prime wrestling fan. Um, during that period, like that was the end, that was like the top of the of the bell curve in terms of my first run through as a wrestling fan. Um, so a lot more of those wrestlers were better known to me. And I believe you could, it was either started with WrestleMania 2000, or I think you could create a wrestler in one of those two games. Um, oh, you could create a wrestler in both WWE games. Yeah. WWF, excuse me. Yeah, you would have to edit wrestlers in, in the WCW ones. Um, yeah. so, and it was very limited. But yeah, so No Mercy jumps up mainly for that reason. Uh, but this game is still fun because it's a lot of those characters are kind of goofy, um, like most of the entire cruiserweight division. Um, and then I believe uh, in this one, my favorite part is that uh, I believe one of Raven's taunts is that he does sit, go into the corner and sit Never. at the bottom, um, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, four out of five. I recommend it if you if you like any of these games and haven't tried the WCW side. I would go with this one. And we didn't mention it, but I'll make sure it's the last thing we mentioned. It has one of the most ridiculous openings uh, for a wrestling video game that makes zero sense. Um, <laughs> for um, Which is par for WCW at the time, which they had a pay-per-view with, for some reason, the NWO came driving in a garbage truck um, beforehand. So ridiculous openings is just their cup of tea. But I used to let that opening run a lot um, back in the day. Um, but yeah, so Tom, let's spin that wheel for next week. All right. Well, it looks like um, we could possibly get a fourth opinion on the next podcast here because we once again pulled Donkey Kong Country. Um, and we know that we have a resident Donkey Kong country expert, um, in our spear. So, um, we'll at least get some opinions from him or maybe he'll show up on the stream. Um, who knows at this point, or or maybe we convince him to stream on his channel, the game. Um, but either way, Donkey Kong country, um, I'm sure we all have some experience with this game. Yes. Yes, I definitely do. Yes. Um, this was the... First game that I played at a friend's house that made me want to run home and tell my mom to give me a Super Nintendo. <laughs> um, and that was before we played Super Mario World. I was like, you gotta look at this. And being the great mother and um, that she was, she came in and went, oh, yeah, it looks good. Yeah. <laughs> and it works out. Um, for, so yeah. for me, Donkey Kong Country is the game I use to test input lag. Because if you're playing the game right and you don't have lag, you, it should it should work perfectly. So that's generally what I use it for. Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll be streaming that tonight. Um, so be sure to check that out over Twitch.tv/slash/GameVaultPod. Um, and uh, one final thing before we leave, um, I'll do a little bit of the outros. Um, we um, are sponsored, or, or we get a little bit of a referral thing from Stone Age Gamer. So if you are buying any retro stuff or anything. Um, that you need um, for your setup, um, feel free to click our link and uh, go through that way. Uh, And then we also, um, like I said, definitely stream every other Monday. Um, After next week, we might have a a more um, 
a couple extra shows coming on. So want to get through New York Comic Con, which is next weekend, um, before we start settling on shows. Um, as we get through the fall and winter when we'll be inside a lot more often. Um, and lastly, um, remember our Extra Life campaign. You can go to tinyurl.com slash gamerdadbattle um, and donate there. Any amount of donation will help. Um, we're looking, we set our goal for $1,000. Um, we'll have a bunch of stuff up on the Twitter and Discords um, of both me and Roxy Foxy's channel. Um, or when I say me, I mean our channel. Uh, uh, and, uh, just letting you know what those incentives are to reach certain milestones so that you guys know ahead of time, um, what you're getting. And then during the stream, we'll have some surprise stuff for the wheel of consequences, um, and other stretch goals and things like that, um, as we go. So, um, that's another one in the books here. Uh, so for Tom and Jen, I'm Mark, and we'll see you next time. Bye.